Welcome back to Kafaru Cast, everyone. Uh, I'm finally back to work after a three-week hiatus, and uh, I have got a super cool crew uh, here with me, which is uh, Mike, JR, and JP from Big Chino Outfitters. Uh, thanks for making the trip up, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so y- you guys just, uh, for anybody that hasn't heard of you, you guys run an outfitting business in Arizona, and I, I guess, how long is that? Been, how long have you guys been in business? You know, we actually, I started guiding in like 1987, you know, long, long time ago and uh, created that Big Chino Outfitters. Uh, most of the stuff we did was in that Big Chino Valley, you know, mm-hmm. originally, and that's how we kind of came up with Big Chino. So, yeah, I've been kind of in and out of that for, you know, I worked for some folks in the 80s and then um, kind of went on our own, you know, shortly thereafter. You are now how old? Not to bring I'm, up old shit, but <laughs> I'm, I'm the old guy in the deal. I didn't know I'm 56. So, and then uh, Mike, how old are you? I'll be 34 in a couple weeks. And Junior, I just turned 29 on March 2nd. Gotcha. So uh, you're kind of this is you're kind of in a transitional period, passing off the torch now. Yeah, I'm yeah. Wanting to retire. Exactly. You know, I'm not so much going <laughs> to retire. Shit. I mean, I am, I am retired from the you know from the fire department out of Arizona, but uh, in Prescott. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a family business. I mean, you know, these boys grew up, you know, hunting and um, loving the outdoors. And so, yeah, absolutely. You know, what I'm trying to do is just uh, transition into these guys taking over, and maybe I can take a different role. But you know, when it's in your blood, you know, what do you do? You know. Yeah. Well, and I had met uh, kind of a a brief kind of history. I met you at TAC in Colorado and uh, we just started shooting the shit about coming down and, uh, you know, hunting with you guys. And uh, one of the things that um, I guess we'll start off as, 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 as you had guys had gotten in, in some trouble uh, and I had asked you about that. And when you gave me the very brief description, I was like, huh, that's wild. And uh, as I got to know you guys even more, I literally was scared shitless because what you guys got in trouble for, I've done many times. And I was like, holy shit, would you guys mind getting on a podcast <laughs> and talking about this? Because you guys, to me, never cried really a poor, pitiful me. You never, I, I, I guess I would say I've, I've talked to other people that got jammed up that were like, uh, you know, everyone was against me where you guys were like, more or less like, fuck, we didn't even really know that that, that, that was illegal to a certain degree, but I'll let you guys kind of, you know, take it over from, from there. Cause I want to talk about after we discuss this, obviously what you guys offer, I was down there with you guys, you have some giant ass deer, um, but kind of what, what happened. And I kind of want to throw my two cents into reality as you guys talk about that, because as you guys were telling me the story, I was thinking, Mother of fucking God, everyone needs to hear this because I don't know anyone that hasn't roughly done what you guys got in trouble for. Um, and, and when I say that, I'm not, you know, whether you guys were, were guilty or not guilty, it was one of those up for the interpretation of the law, as I understand it. And I'm going to say that before I get myself in trouble, it was many, many years ago when I'd done anything like this, so I don't get in trouble now. But at one time, uh, (laughs) the Wisconsin drive-by, to a certain degree, is a standard operating procedure, antelope hunting, meaning a guy jumps out of the truck, goes in the ditch, and shoots shoots the antelope. All I ever was concerned about is the distance from the center line of the road. 
to to where you're shooting from. That was the thing I focused on, which after hearing what happened is not the case. So do you guys <laughs> want to dive into kind of what happened, how all that shook out and all that shit? Well, well, first off, um, I wasn't even there. <laughs> I was on an airplane. <laughs> I was actually, uh, if I remember correct, I think I was on a, uh, just got off on Archery Mountain Goat Hunt in British Columbia. Um, and, um, I got a text message that they, you know, when I was on the plane and that, that I, that the buck had been killed, uh, really big, big, um, antelope buck. And then, um, then I shortly thereafter, I got another text message that things were going kind of South and I couldn't communicate or anything. Cause I was like, I said, I was on the airplane other than a few text messages and then I didn't hear anything. So other than that, man, I'm I'd leave it to Michael and Junior to talk about it. Um, but you know, I do want to give a an insight um, when they're done too about kind of how it went for us and how it went for Big Chino. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about the haters and keep hating and that kind of a scenario that we always talk about in social media. But I just uh, again, I wasn't there, so um, yeah. What well, as you bring that up, the one thing that I definitely want to bring up is is in in social media and i get it you know you're you're guilty till proven innocent rather than innocent until proven guilty and i just initially before i talked to you guys just chalked it up you guys fucked up i didn't really even ask any questions <laughs> of what happened i'm like oh they got jammed up and, and again when you told me what happened and in, in, in breaking the law is breaking the law i'm not you know but when it's up for the interpretation of the law that's why it's i think it's extremely important that the people listening in really grab onto the fact of not that you guys got in trouble as much as how and why, because there was something about, if I'm not mistaken, using the exhaust fumes as cover scent. Is that- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's actually in the report. <laughs> and, you know, so, and, and I, so that's, I, so think about that. If you could bottle that up, <laughs> well, we make some money. I, I just, uh, being in the position that, that you guys are in and I'm in and, and others where you're, you're, may have may, maybe a little bit of a target on your back, and maybe you guys did something, and I'm not saying you did, to piss somebody off or get, bring a target on your backs. And I've got a loud mouth. I'm sure I have. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that is the case, but I'm like, okay, as you told this story, I'm thinking back of, holy shit. Like, I know 100% I've had a guy drive around and another guy get in the back of the truck, get into a position to say, hey, park the truck, honk the horn, stand this, this buck up which from what you guys did is is illegal which i was like fuck that's not good uh people need to hear this because uh i i've done that you know what i mean that is that is a very you know honking the horn to stand a buck up is i would say wasn't that out far out of the spectrum of uh, i thought it was legal and i guess maybe in some states or some game wardens it is but the interpretation of the law so again I don't want to turn this into a shit show after we post this where everybody's like, oh, you know, th- their own two cents. Base it off of what you guys got in trouble for and then think back in your life. And I highly doubt anybody that's hunted hasn't done what you guys got in trouble for. And that's one of the main reasons, other than your outfit was super cool and I saw a giant fucking deer that I couldn't seem to kill. But I was was <laughs> <laughs> was like, holy shit, let's talk about this. So you guys go ahead and kind of take it away, uh, you know, Mike and Junior. Um, I, I, I guess I'll start off, uh, kind of from the foundation of it, Aaron, of how it all kind of came about, um, which is kind of an important part of the story. Um, it all kind of started on social media. Um, we had been watching this book for a few years. We named him paddles 
Um, and first and foremost, this buck lived on um, a ranch called the Campbell Ranch, which we had the sole hunting rights to. Um, that's been uh, up for scrutiny, it seems like, as the rumor mill has kind of gotten around. Um, we've uh, People have been telling other people that we didn't have rights to this land and all that stuff, so where this buck lived, which is completely false, um, Joe Campbell and his son, Will, we've, we had a great relationship with and, and, uh, and we continue to, but, um, you know, at the time we had sole hunting rights to that ranch. So we had been watching this buck for a few years, named him paddles. Like I said, he, he ended up, we have pictures of, he ended up having eight inch paddles when we got him on the, got him on the ground. Um, which I think probably would have been a state record um, at the time. But kind of the backstory of it is we had been watching this bug. Michael drew the tag, the, the archery tag in that unit, and uh, we had been watching this buck um, all summer getting ready for his hunt. And uh, this buck lived uh, very close to one of the main roads, but he lived on the ranch side of the fence. And, you know, a, a lot of people with the same tag that Michael had, well, there's, there's only five tag holders, but a lot of outfitters hunt in that in that uh in that unit especially for the governor's tag and stuff like that so um a lot of uh a lot of people were going out and looking at this buck because he lived very close to the highway and very close off of one of the main county roads um so well and this ranch is it's state checkerboarded land and so the the state land pieces that border this ranch anybody's got access to it's when they cross that state land or they start corner hopping to do you know to go get from this piece of state to the next piece of state but they got to cross private you can't do that but the the state stuff that borders this ranch rightfully so anybody has access to and so that's what what the ranch we were on and that's kind of the stuff we were dealing with as far as people watching this buck and seeing this buck because there was no there's no rules as far as the state land goes yeah and i want to comment on that real quick though too because i'm the one who dealt with all leases and um Joe uh, and I talked, and Joe said, hey, there's a lot of people out there looking at that buck on my fence. I said, I know that. And, and uh, he goes, listen, um, I don't want him on the ranch, and you guys are in charge of the hunt privileges. Yeah. And I knew who some of these guys were, so out of courtesy to a certain extent, you know, I, uh, I sent them a notice to just warn them because they're, they're in the outfitting business too. And I was like, listen, boys, if you guys jump that fence – you know, I'm authorized as the uh, the hunt manager of this ranch, and and based on what the owners is asking out of us, we're gonna um, we're gonna trespass you. Yeah. Well, and Junior's got some better insight as to this buck is in the social media part of it because Junior runs all the social media stuff. So Junior was dealing firsthand with with this buck and people posting him and talking about him. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he became very, very popular on, on social media. Just, I mean, he's a giant buck, you know, he's probably, we didn't ever really put an official tape on him, but he's 88 inches plus, you know, with eight inch paddles, um, you know, and just a giant buck that obviously a lot of people um, are going to, uh, you know, uh, be very interested in a, a week, actually not even a week. I'd probably five days before Michael's hunt started, um, we were working with the governor's tag holder at the time who, um, who actually the, the tag got donated to an outdoor experience for all, uh, uh, kid that's, uh, you know, they, they, they donate 
tags to to kids that have medical problems and stuff like that and they were going to come out and actually shoot that buck and we were completely 100 percent for free we were like yeah come on out man um but they ended up shooting another buck about five days before i believe in a different unit um so that buck you know in theory um if that other buck wouldn't have died i mean that governor's tag would have went to uh that buck would have went to the governor's tag hole there had been you know a kid with i think muscular dystrophy or something but um but in all honesty the 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 scrutiny really started happening on social media when people started saying that we didn't have access to this ranch and we were trying to keep people off of public land and and all that stuff and and like you know my dad said the the all we were doing and what what we what we were told by the ranch owners at the time was hey man if anybody crosses that fence or is thinking about it you have to send them a notice of trespass that's that was our that was literally a part of our job as managing which that is ranch standard for, which is yeah, yeah which is a standard <laughs> operation <laughs> yeah. for anybody that has <laughs> ranch leases and private private and, and this know. buck was a little different obviously because we're looking at a you know arguably a 90 inch antelope and so you automatically have to deal with uh people that are showing a lot of interest in them and so it was kind of high high scrutiny high stress as far as that goes let's go into the 90 inch thing real quick just because i've only seen two with my own eyes it might have been 90 high 80s um what would you guys say a so like the one i shot this year with my recurve was like 74 so if you can imagine adding you know 18 16 inches to an antelope like that and 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 that would be equivalent to me to a a, you know a 250 to 70 inch mule deer a 400 inch elk or something would you guys say that's i mean what you just don't see them i guess absolutely and in in arizona we're pretty spoiled with antelope and so um i mean I, i don't even we don't even get out of the truck unless we feel like it's you know low 80s anyways to look at them but the biggest thing with looking at antelope, especially a 90-inch antelope, is is everybody gets hung up on, on how tall a goat is. And really, that is a very small factor in the overall score. The big thing is mass. You want mass, mass, mass on those goats. And then this buck, not only did he have good mass, but like we keep saying, he had 8-inch paddles, and he was still probably 17 inches tall. And so this buck just had it all and was just a, just the, the uh, per, you know, picture-perfect antelope. Um on top of the fact that he was just a giant, you know? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. A 90 inch antelope would be, you know, you call that, you know, comparable to 200 inch deer or 400 inch bullets, same, same caliber. So, and that, and that will cause shit storms. I mean, it always, it always does. When I say that, meaning, um, whether it's in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, like, um, a guy, one of our friends, James Yates just shot a big deer in the Wasatch. And I've heard like 19 stories since he shot that of, all that you know is you I had eyes on that buck he screwed me he did it. I mean it, it happens with big animals and and sometimes people don't think about antelope as much as they do mule deer so I'm trying to put it in context of this this would literally be like I would say not even a 200 inch mule deer more like a 250 inch mule deer would be realistic because it, it's just a giant antelope so all right you guys go ahead and, and, and we don't know if it scored 90 inches but uh, we didn't have it. Didn't get to put our hands on it for eight inch paddles. You know, fuck, it, it, it was it was yeah. it was pushing it. I can tell you right now. I mean, it was it was pushing it. It was 
You could call it, it 90 sure on close. the internet and nobody yeah. would know. <laughs> whatever that was like an Instagram we're I'm sure about. somebody out there will tell us it scored 81 or something. I've but, got you a know, it's, wide angle yeah. lens. It might have been 100. <laughs> inches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, you know, like you said, I mean, an antelope that big, it's going to it's going to cause a, a shit storm on social media, especially nowadays. And that's exactly what it did. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of the local outfitters that we compete with um, definitely showed interest in the buck. Um, multiple outfitters even told us that they didn't care where the buck lived. They were going over and they were going to kill him. You know, once we started, you know, we sent out two, uh, two trespass warnings to, uh, to two uh, different guides and outfitters at the time, you know, letting them know that, Hey man, just so you guys know, this is, and we sent them a map, everything like, Hey, this is where you guys can go. This is where you can't go. Just so you know, everybody's on, on the same page. Um, you know, it's part of our responsibility. So once that really happened and those outfitters posted those, those trespass warnings on social media, and then it, and then it just, now it turned into, Oh, the big Chino boys are trying to run people off public land. Now they don't even have access to this land. And we're you bullies. Know, we're bullies. <laughs> you know, we're bullying. We beat up ten-year-old kids. <laughs> where, yeah, yeah. Where, where we messed up a little bit in the beginning of all that was we engaged on social media with them, um, which is never good. Uh, so we learned some lessons as far as the social media aspect goes. If we just would have kept our mouth shut. Um, prior to the hunt even starting when all this was blown up on social media, we probably would have seen a little bit of a different outcome because that really instigated and fired things up because we're, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of raised a little bit old school as far as, you know, we, shit, we fought our entire life growing up and that was just how you handled things. You know, when somebody was had a problem or you had a problem and that was, that's just how we deal with it. You know, we don't sit there and, and, and run our mouth. It's like, well, you know what, let's go, let's just, let's go figure this out. And that's kind of our mindset. We're short tempered and, and, uh, I feel your and so, <laughs> you feel we're always ready to, to, you know, to, to go and, and get after it. So that was part of the problem was, was we engaged with a handful of these guys and it just exploded. And, and became a really, really big deal before this hunt even started. Yeah, I mean, to the point where there was death threats, like people saying that they were going to be waiting at the ranch gates on opening morning, waiting there to kick all of our asses. They were bringing a whole crew in to do it. You know, it, I mean, our families were getting death threats, you know, stuff like that, you know, and, and obviously stuff like that nowadays, it's it's hard to take people serious when it's all talk on social media. I just media, had a 120-pound dude that calls ducks in Oregon tell me I was a faggot. <laughs> that's not going to happen when I'm standing in front of him. I was like, yeah. dude, you're a three-time champion at putting something in your mouth shaped like a penis. Like, <laughs> let's talk about this a little bit more. And I'm gay, you know, but on the internet, you can get away with pretty much whatever you want. I mean, it's funny because I still, I see a couple of the people pretty regularly because we live in a small town um, in, you know, Chino and Prescott where we've been our whole life. So everybody knows us. We know everybody. And the people that were engaging in this, we know and yeah. know us. And so I still see them to this day, years after. Yeah. And, and, you know, they sit there and, and they, they ran their mouth so much about wanting to do this and do that. But then you see them in person yeah. and, and they turn around and walk the other direction. Like they don't even know who you are, you know? And so it's just, it's kind of funny how they hide behind their phone so much. Well, that, yeah, and that's interesting too, you know, and getting back to the death threats and just the threats in general on social media, you know, I think the hardest part about haters too is, you know, you can hate on me. That's fine. But when you start hating on my wife, yeah, you start hating on my children, my grandchildren, who have nothing to do with what you're hating. Yeah. That's bullshit. Well, and I, th I think 
you know, as I've gotten to be more known dealing with this and I just block and delete more now, but what you, you have people that try to give you advice from the outside perspective that aren't walking in your shoes and, Oh man, you should just walk away from that. Oh, you should. And it's like, well, that's easy to say, but for, for me, if someone drives by me and flips their flips me off in the road, should I get road rage? No. Do I get road rage? Well, fuck yes. I'm a man, right? I'm like, motherfucker, you know, like you just flipped me off. Well, it's easy to say, turn the other cheek. But if you're not bred that way or you're not raised that way, it's hard not to, to dive in. I've gotten a lot, you know, better about it. But when you're talking about it's, you know, you get religion and politics and then you have animals and, and it's, it's crazy how an animal with some shit growing off its head can cause such a, a, a crisis. And we had uh, Doyle Moss. I don't know if you guys get along with him or not, but he was on here and he was making jokes about him blocking roads. And he's like, there's no fucking trees where I hunt. <laughs> he's like, how do I fall a tree? I, and then he's, he said, uh, you know, like he had the helicopter an elk helicoptered in and he's like, well, normal people had photos of this elk three months earlier he's like if i helicoptered it in i'm a fucking idiot i helicoptered it in three months early <laughs> like i what you know and so he talked about it, the validity of if you take a big step back and think about what people are saying you can tell it's all bullshit because it, it just doesn't jive or make sense and the one thing that did make sense to me was there is no trees i was you know how the fuck are you going to fall a tree and put it in front of the road if there's no trees there? It's just hilarious how you say that, you know, because <laughs> I can go back to stories from the Arizona Strip where guys will talk about that, where guys will block the road yeah. because they're waiting, you know, they got a buck bed down and not so much that they're blocking the road, they just try to stop you and say, man, don't move, you know, I got this buck. And, it's, you know, especially in the Strip, I mean, guys are going to just go around the truck, but yeah. but it wasn't throw a moss. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, uh, it, it was just, believe it or not, it was just regular Joe Hunter. So the guy that's probably accusing, you know, other outfitters, big outfitters like Mossback and, and uh, Big Chino, A3, whatever, you know, some of the, the bigger ones in, in Arizona, they're not even having anything to do with it. Because you know what? We get up at like 2.30 in the morning and we're sitting on the top of the ridge um, with glass. And we're not on the road, road hunting and looking for, for bucks. So, you know, it's just interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. Well, and as guides, uh, spending your whole life hunting and, and, you know, especially with social media now, we get so hung up on the antlers and the score. And so it, it doesn't, you kind of get numb to why you're even out there in the first place. You yeah. know, you get numb to it. You lose sight of, of what, what, what you're even doing out there because you get so hung up on the size of the antlers and it causes people just to do and say crazy shit. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's gotten to be pretty bad and that's, that's kind of what happened in this situation. Was, yeah. I mean, that's uh, the, the game and fish will, you know, well, they, the first thing they really told us and involved in our situation was that, you know, the reason why they were, that they were out there that day was because of how much social media, bs was going on between people and us and and this buck um well and in know. their defense too we told them yeah you know dad said hey listen he talked to the warden in that unit and said listen which we had a great relationship with um said hey there, you see what's going on here on social media you know what's going on you're watching this buck you guys better be paying attention opening weekend because there's going to be either uh 
you know, a, a big brawl, a big fight out here. Someone's going to come out here and poach this goat. There's going to be something's going to happen this weekend, and you guys better get off your ass and come out here Little and do something. Little did you know it so. was you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little did we know. But that's the craziest so, part, yeah. man. I mean, exactly. truthfully, truthfully. But, you know, before we go to that poaching portion, I mean, you know, that's part of the rumors. And uh, keep in mind, man, Michael waited, I don't know how many years, Michael. How long did it take you to get well, that Well, uh, they're going to get mad at me for this, too, actually. But, well, because I, I had drawn a – I waited 17 years to draw my first – I think it was 17 years, draw my first rifle antelope tag. And then I only, I drew that archery antelope tag. One of the primo, most primo tags in the state was seven bonus points, oh, which no is on, which is unheard right. of. So she had a yeah. valid Arizona. Yeah. And let the record show, I put in for that same hunt and I had uh, 18 points at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I had a valid tag. Uh, it was during the season in the right unit, so there was no nothing illegal as far as not having. I wasn't out there poaching and doing. I, I so. encourage people rather than just listening to other you know dipshits post about this. I checked because I'm like, I'm not going to get you guys on a podcast and and screw myself, right? And so I I did some check in and asked, and you guys. So as I yet yeah, obviously a valid tag, you shot it on a private ranch, um, and that no one else had permission on. Uh, and I, that was all valid hundred percent. And cause I had asked a few game wardens after you've told me the story, I'm like, look, dude, is this fucking legal or not legal? And one game was like, yeah, that's legal. And another game warden would be, eh, I, I, you could get a ticket. And I'm like, okay, so no one fucking actually knows <laughs> what, what, you know, and again, and, and I'm not, this has nothing to do. This isn't. I'm not saying this is negative towards the game wardens. I'm just, it is truly up to that specific game warden at that time. Because I'm like, okay, well, I've done this, and I need to know if I, can I keep doing it? Because it is very effective to do, I call it the Wisconsin drive-by. Uh, and that's, which isn't exactly what you guys did. But you're 100% using a fucking vehicle. I was, because I'm having a dude sit on the tailgate, hop out or, or hop out the truck, get in the ditch, crawl up, shoot the animal. Anyway, you guys go ahead now. Well, it's a, it's an ambiguous law. Like, you know, um, you'll hear it a, a lot of times. That the problem with the, the law of using a vehicle, um, the way the law is written, and we've, you know, speaking with lawyers and stuff involved in our case and then speaking to game wardens, the, 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 the problem with the law is is that anybody, if you use a vehicle to get close to an animal whatsoever, they can write you a ticket. I mean, technically, for if if a, if a hunter flew into Phoenix, Arizona, rented a truck, and then drove to his unit, started driving around looking for animals, you're 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 that's technically breaking the law. Here was the eye opener for for me, not from you guys, because that rather like again, like I said in the beginning, right, wrong, or indifferent, whether you guys justified not, you got the ticket and you're fucked, and that's the end of it. My big thing is. I was like, okay, a lot of people are doing this, and I think a lot of people are like me, that it's legal. The one guy brought a very good point to me, game warden, like you just said. He's like, let's say you, you know, you drive, uh, I'm on the way to see you, and um, driving, deer runs across the road. If I park the truck, hop out, and shoot that, that technically could be construed as illegal from using a vehicle. I didn't have intent, but it didn't matter. I was still in the fucking car, and I jumped out and shot the vehicle. No matter where I was at on the center line, it can be read that way. And that sounds like 
what you yeah, guys are saying. Yeah, you bring up a good point of intent. I'm glad you said that word, Aaron, because like I think it's important for people to understand, it's especially involved in our situation, but many that have been through similar situations like us, is that the word intent you know, is very meaningful in situations like this. Yeah, if you load up apples and molasses yeah, to you go know bait a I mean? bear, like, you have intent to we, bait. We had no, we had no <laughs> intent of dry, you know, going out there driving down this antelope and just running them into the dirt. You know what I mean? There was the the chasing him down with a truck, running him until he was so exhausted that he couldn't run anymore. Um, you know, it, so Bullshit. so so you'll see. You know, so so I guess we'll just kind of go into it. Um, so when we went out there that morning, um, obviously there was nobody else on the ranch but us. And so I had put a couple of stocks on that buck. He was by himself. It was really weird, um, right in the middle of the peak of the rut, and he's out there by himself the I think whole time. he was dry, old enough to where couldn't breed anymore? I don't think so. I think, uh, I, th- I think he was, <laughs> yeah, and I think he was still on the climb because uh, we'd been watching him, and uh, he just didn't act like a really old buck. Um he would let some of the mother bucks push him around a little bit. So he just didn't come off as a, as an old mature, you know, get the fuck out of my way kind of a, kind of a buck. But so we had put a couple of stocks on him that morning with no success. And, um, and during those stocks, he was bedded down most of the time. And there was a couple of times where, so we had me, my brother junior and a good buddy of ours out there, um, help, helping me out that morning. And, and while I was stocking in on that buck, while he was bedded, I was a couple hundred yards behind him making a sneak on him. You know, the, the truck drove by a couple of times because we were positioning Junior. The buck would move into a, another draw, lay back down or feed. And so we would have to reposition um, my spotters so they could see the buck and watch and radio and et cetera. So there was a couple times where the truck drove by. Well, everybody knows antelope and how curious they are. So when, when e- even a person but specifically a vehicle drives by within four or 500 yards and the antelope are all going to sit there and stare and watch the truck the whole time. Well, it's the greatest thing about antelope because they're <laughs> fucking hard to kill. If yeah, you don't exactly. Do something. So, yeah. <laughs> and so anybody that says they're not going to utilize that distraction when they can is, is full of shit in my opinion, because when you're sneaking in on an antelope in the wide open and, and you look down and, and he's staring at a vehicle or he's staring at something that's taking his attention off guard, I'm, I'm going to take that opportunity to try to close some distance on him. Well, here's the deal. So, it, could be, it, it didn't have to necessarily be the vehicle they were moving the spotters to. I mean, shit, it was right like we told you. It was really close to the fence line. Yeah. Vehicles, ranch vehicles and vehicles drive every day right down that road, and they just stop and look. So, Well, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'd, you know— when the truck drove by and the antelope was watching it, yeah. I took full advantage of that situation. Nope. Believe Ab- me, absolutely. when I heard this part yeah. of the story, I'm thinking, <laughs> well, fuck me running. I know I have sent a text out and said, pull the truck around so it'll watch you exactly. so I can close the last 40 yards yep. or whatever. And that's where, again, when you guys told me this story, I was like, shut the front door, get the fuck out of here. Because I'm like, I'm committing crimes left and right that I don't know I'm committing that I think I'm okay with so mm-hmm. like you said you said there was a group text so and, and there was a group message between the three of us where we were keeping in touch you know because you get you kind of get in tight sometimes the texting works better because you, you don't want to talk on the radio and create more noise so we were texting back and forth and there was a couple of text messages in there that said hey from me hey uh you know stop the truck or 
you know, keep driving the truck or whatever it was regarding normal shit. Yeah. Normal (laughs) shit that everybody else does. (laughs) But, you know, so yeah, did we take advantage of that when the truck was in the vicinity and we were trying to shuffle people around? Absolutely. And here's on a side note, I just want to let everybody know that that isn't familiar with this ranch. This ranch borders Mm I-40. Okay. And one of the only exits there's a uh, there's two exits in Seligman, and this exit specifically where the ranch border is is a Chevron, which is like a hub for everybody in Seligman. Mm-hmm. And so, we're in the wide ass open, on the edge of I forty for the entire world to see. Yeah. Okay, we're we're not back country. We're literally I'm literally half a mile from Subway. Right I actually now. looked so, at it on base map. You're right. It yeah. is right beside the fucking highway. Exactly. And so <laughs> everybody and anybody can see us and watch us. And, and so this whole time this morning, we're not trying to hide anything because we don't we're doing nothing different than anybody else has ever done. And we're not we know that everybody can see us and watch us. And so. I just want to kind of throw that out there too, because it's not like we we're in the middle of some back country. It was yeah, it was, and, and, and as far as the you know one of the main issues that the game of fish that they had was the that the truck driving back and forth, you know, and and I know we touched on that, but I think it's important for people to understand like that morning and how much the buck was moving. We lost him a couple of times. He was getting run off by actually a smaller buck that was a little bit older than him. Um, that was trying to keep him away from some does. So, you know, this buck was moving, he was bending down, he was jumping draws, you know, and we kept having to reposition Michael. They were repositioning me to get, you know, everything on film. Our other partner, he had to get in position so that he could get another angle. So there was a lot of logistics of getting people throughout the morning. You know, we started that time of year, the sun comes up at 545 in the morning, you know, so I mean, by the time that we actually had the buck on the ground, it was eleven o'clock. Yeah, this 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 uh, this was an entire morning on five or six hours. Yeah, ago, I mean, so. and so there was logistically a lot of things that had to happen, you know, between three separate stocks with decoys, um, relocating the buck all morning, you know. So, um, you know, so from a game of fish standpoint, from people, you know, watching from afar, I I can understand why maybe they're that they would question some of that. But, you know, logistically speaking, we, we had to reposition 10 different times. And, you know, we're talking about from afar too, man, because when we looked at their video, I felt sorry for the game of fish guys. Did you buy them a scope? Well, yeah, I want to send them. Yeah. Two to three miles away with through some, a pair of tens. I don't think we're even on a tripod because you know, when you're trying to film through your binoculars, you you can't capture it. They didn't have a phone scope and it was during August in Arizona where it's 110 degrees outside. (laughs) So yeah, you know, again, I, I, I I wanted to send some to the entire game of fish. Just if they're going to do it, let's at least just have the right equipment, man. But again, you know, they work off, they work (laughs) off a low budget. So we get it. Well, I, I just, uh, again, as we're talking about this, it's not a matter of, uh, you guys pleading innocence uh, on my end. It was more when you told me the story, and I'm saying this multiple times, I was like, fuck me, people need to hear this because, um, again, intent. If you're intentionally jumping in the back of the truck, driving by antelope and shooting them, doing 60, you, you have intent. Uh, you know you're probably, you know, you're breaking the law, but for for people listening in, especially I, like I, if, if anything would have gone different with you guys, I wish social media, this is a very learning experience for a lot of people, wouldn't have chalked it up, just said you were poachers and all this other shit of people should learn. Like, hey, as you're casting stones and you hear this story, 
I have multiple times over 10 years ago, so it's past the statute of limitations, said drive around. There's a road there 150 yards away. Stop and honk the horn. Get this buck to stand up. I thought that, you know, truly I thought that was legal. And as I'm coming to find out, as if you guys told this story, I'm like, fuck, with the wrong game warden, that is definitely well, not and it, legal, and it, you and know. It goes, so we've learned so much about I game bet. and fish laws <laughs> and the regulations and how it all works. And, you know, they are very ambiguous, but everything goes back to the word take. And so they keep using this word as take. Did you use this to assist in the take? Did you do this in assistance of the take? It all goes back to the take, the take of the animal. And so, you know, when we go back to that morning and we replay it, so, yeah, you know, they're, they're, the biggest thing is is we used a vehicle to assist in the take of, of this, this buck antelope. Well, you know, after, obviously, when you're watching from a couple miles away and you're watching this whole situation unfold over the course of five or six hours, like Junior said, you can, you can see how, from their perspective, how it may look a certain way. Yeah. You know, um, and, and we knew, the crazy thing is, is, and I didn't know this at the time, obviously, but I kept watching a guy on the outs, outside of the ranch watching us that morning. And I thought it was another hunter. Yeah. The whole time it wasn't. It was a game fish officer that was up on the hill watching us. Yeah. And so we we knew we were being watched that morning, um, not by the game and fish per se, but we knew that there was people watching us. Yeah. And we still went about our hunt just as anybody else would because and, – and how we always – you know, how – Believe it, me, so if you guys told me this, it was throwing up red flags – fucking more than i changed my underwear because i'm like yep done that yep i've done that yep i've done that too well and um, and, and after <laughs> so you know so we get done we stock on this buck it's getting to be late morning we're waiting for another buddy of mine to show up to come and give us a hand uh so we're like hey we're gonna pull out i had bumped the buck he had gone around a ridge we couldn't see him we lost track of him and uh we're like hey we're gonna take a break and and uh um regroup and you know whatever we're gonna go to subway because i can literally walk right over there right now and grab a sandwich keep in mind it's you know they're five hours into it's 95 <laughs> yeah. degrees I'm a, i got today we're gonna go over and have a coors Light. yeah i got two weeks you know. to kill this buck so <laughs> so anyways we junior comes down and picks me up and as he's coming down he calls me on the radio and goes hey the buck is over here he's right here right off the road He's right down the road here. And I'm like, oh, shit. Says, well, then let's go see if we can't get an arrow in him. So when I come down off the ridge, my, mind you, we're in my truck, and a Junior and my buddy are in the front seat, and our entire ba- the entire back seat of that truck is full of packs yeah, and normal gear, shit. normal okay. shit like anybody else. Yeah. And and I got my bow. I'm coming off the ridge, and Junior's like, he's right there, he's right there. I said, quit. So I jump on. The tailgate, or the I actually stand on the hitch of my truck. Mm-hmm. I'm holding my bow in the hitch, and I and I'm Junior's driving down the road, and we come around the corner, and there's the buck standing there. I get off of the truck, I walk around the front side of the truck, the front driver's side. The buck is the buck is feeding, walking down the road, which is is not a maintained road. It's just an old two track on the ranch. Walking away from us, feeding gives two shits about us. We're about 150 yards from him. And so I step off of the side, the back of the truck. I walk around to the driver's side. The buck feeds across the road. The buck is on the driver's side of the road. I'm standing about 10 yards from the truck, off 10 yards off the road, mm-hmm. off of the front quarter panel. And Junior, I got my bow, and the buck is kind of feeding. He's kind of angling back towards us but quartering away. And so anyways, he ends up coming inside 100. 
and Junior's shooting ranges to me, and I'm shooting a single pin at the time. And so Junior clicks his last range, which was 87 yards, and so I dial it to 90 because I know he's kind of moving away. And I let it rip, and I hit this buck quartering away um, at like 92 yards right behind the last rib. I mean, it was picture-perfect shot. And uh, Greatest shot I've ever seen to this day. Yeah, he, he wasn't – the buck was feeding. He yeah. wasn't spooked. He was he was calm. Head down. Head down. Yeah. Gave two shits about us and was just, you know, whatever. And, and I let him have it. He, You know, he did the death circle and, and killed over right there. He actually ended up dying. He ran out about 100 yards, circled around a bunch, and then came back towards us and ended up dying literally in the middle of the road. So the rumor of the <laughs> yeah. buck – getting run around by a truck, cross country for six hours, tongue hunging out, yeah. dying of thirst. It's total uh, bullshit. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've read a few things like that with you guys. You know what I mean? Like I Google it and you can find some crap or whatever. But I, uh, what was kind of t- to me when I say people take a step back is uh, you, it is ex- so exposed where you guys are that – Anyone watching, and including the, the the game wardens, for example, that were watching, there probably wouldn't have been anything about fumes coming off your exhaust. It would have been you chased this fucker down with your truck, literally ran it down, which that, as I understand it, was never part of any of this, meaning there was no chasing the antelope with the truck. Um, it was the exhaust and the distance from the truck and, and driving it, not... I mean, obviously, the the first, the biggest ticket would have been running it for six hours, you know, to, and that was never brought up in anything uh, and, from and, the game warden. And and everybody claims that I shot him from the truck and inside the not, truck. Yeah, I was yeah. in the cab of the truck. Well, that's pretty impressive. I can tell you right now, you ain't making a fucking ninety yard shot from the <laughs> yeah from the seat from the cab of the truck. I don't think you're making. I mean, they got to be ten yards. You know, you ain't really making any shot from the cab of a truck. And so, in and I wasn't in the bed. I wasn't in the cab. I was out of the truck, and it even says that in a report. Yeah. Anybody can read the Game of Fish report. It says that I was not in the truck. I was off the road on the right side of the on the on the correct side of the road, same side of the road as the antelope, and there far is, enough off. Which the it road. doesn't even matter because it's yeah. a it's a ranch road. Um, it's any, not a, it's not a public road, any so. unmaintained road. Yeah, you can we could have we could have shot, shot him from the road if ble- we wanted. Believe me, as you guys told me this, I went back and like how many road how many laws have I actually broken? Because I'm like fuck. Because and I, and again, I learned real quick that. An unmaintained, non-county, non-public road—you can shoot from the road. It doesn't yeah. matter the distance from it. So, yeah, and and you know, and like you said in the report, you know, when it all came down to it, they said in the report itself, it says that the that the uh, you know that the exhaust of the truck masked the scent of Michael, you know, being able to to get within range the sound of the sound of the diesel truck running blocked the sound that michael was making i mean we're in the wide open and this buck and is 90 yards from us it, and a, it's a white truck you know what i mean they're trying a, to find predominant we, southwest we, wind too so we, we were able to get a couple <laughs> pictures of this buck we we're so we kill this buck and we're waiting for my buddy to show up because uh, he was pissed that he wasn't there with us and so we're like, oh, let's wait. <laughs> yeah, let's wait for RC to get here so we can go take some pictures. He's and the big bastard, right? Yeah, he's yeah. the big handlebar fucking, mustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, he's uh So we're waiting on him, and Junior snapped a couple of. We didn't take pictures. We're and so I'm trying to find him right now. We have a couple of pictures. Show you a picture of him there, but um. So, anyways, we get this buck killed. We go out to the to the entrance of the ranch to the gate, 
and we're sitting there bullshitting, having a couple beers, looking at the buck on the tailgate, and uh, but getting all our shit organized, waiting for RC to get there, and and here comes a couple game of fish trucks cruising down the main road. Well, we know all these guys. Yeah, we're friends with them. We deal with them and have for years. Have a great relationship with them. Keep in mind, they did not at the time get along with the ranch owner. Yeah, and so the ranch owner told us and told them that mother uh, of God, you know, <laughs> yeah, look at that thing. So, just a monster. I got tons of pictures of them, and um, I guess they didn't give you that back. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, you never know. They didn't give me my bow either. Yeah. Oh, um, shit. Anyway, and, so and, uh, hold on. We'll we'll also let the record show that we do have a uh, a picture of the uh, of the measured eight inch paddles <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, that's crazy. I can see how that would stir up a shit <laughs> Big buck. Yeah. So we, we were able to snap a couple of shit pictures with him, but yeah. nothing to me, which I actually is probably my biggest regret is I wish I just would have had one good solid picture. There's the terrain we're in right there. You can see Junior and I standing Flattered there. Flattered monkey's ass, yeah. yeah. Um, so, all right, so you well, shoot the buck. That. There's the exit. By the way, look at that shot. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> definitely did it, man. <laughs> Uh, so you, you guys, you, you shot the buck, you see two game warden, tru- two, two fish and wildlife officer trucks coming down the road. I'm assuming at that point, you guys had no care in the world. You were just going to be like, Hey, take a look at this buck. We, we got him. We have him sitting on the tailgate. We're, we're 50 yards off of the road, but we're on the ranch Yeah. and they come pulling up to get out of the truck. There's three of them, you know, Hey, congrats. You guys got him. Finally, you know, they were excited for us. Yeah. Um, and like so I were said, we faking the funk with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. So yeah. we're like knowing these guys personally, we're like, fuck, yeah, you know, yeah, we got them, you know. And so we're excited and kind of bullshitting with them for a minute. And the, and one of them goes, uh, hey, do you my and, and I go back with they don't have permission to be on this ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 owner said no, but gave us permission. If you choose to let them on there, that you guys have the authority to do that. They Pearl Harbored. Yeah. So they go. um, Hey, can we come over and take a look at them? You know, check your tag, do whatever we got to do. Yeah, absolutely, whatever. So we let them come over. Well, they come over and they're checking out the buck and, you know, five, ten minutes goes by of bullshitting. And then, you know, they're doing their thing while looking back at it. They're just asking questions and kind of building a case. Well, they start asking a lot of questions and then it kind of clicks. And, and I'm like, mind you, okay, we have never, ever once been talked to by the Game and Fish about anything up until this point. Yeah. Nothing. Zero violations. No, nothing. And so we don't, we're not expecting anything. We don't think we did anything wrong. And so we're, we're talking to them, having a conversation and then it clicks like, and so I look at one of them and I go, Hey, what's going on here? You know, what, what do we, what the hell's, what's the problem? Why are you asking all these questions? And then they, well, you know, we think that you use your, you use your vehicle to take the, uh, and they go into it. Well, then we spend two hours going back and forth with them. Yeah. And the whole time. We're being recorded, um, you know, so obviously anything we say incriminating can be used against us. And I don't, I still don't think we did anything wrong at this point. And yeah. So we're trying to defend ourselves. Obviously it's getting heated at times. Um, and, you know, it turns into to a whole ordeal and they, they cited us, they take the antelope, uh, they took our cell phones, they took my bow. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where it all started. So. so I just, again, I want people to really, think about what we're talking about here and I'm not 
you know, obviously you guys got the ticket, whether you were right or wrong interpretation of the law, it is something for every, because of the shit storm that happened when I met you, right. I, I had known, you know, and, and I didn't, I didn't know I had heard different stories and I take that for a, about a grain of salt because the, the fucking truth is never what you're, you're sure. hearing. And, but I did have from a reliable friend that just said they did a Wisconsin drive by and they kind of got fucked that, that, and I'm like, okay. And I really, at that point still didn't put it into perspective until I heard you guys talking about this. So if you can imagine, and again, I'm not defending you guys in the sense of, I, I think that you were, totally just although i've done it what you guys did a million times put somebody up on a hill on a hunt that you're on and have them watch everything you do specifically antelope because they're usually by roads and you send a text to your buddy that says hey uh come grab me technically you're using a vehicle right and and this is where i was shitting my fucking pants as you're telling this story because i'm like so if i'm sweating balls and you drive the truck down to bring me water an antelope comes out and I shoot it. You've technically, they could look that as using the vehicle because of, which I couldn't believe the exhaust or whatever, or, or blocking me. Let's say you pull up the truck and the antelope comes out of a ditch and, and he's blocking me and I just step to the side and shoot it. That would all be illegal. So for the people casting stones with you guys, I'm looking at it like putting myself in the position of shooting mini antelope, how many times have I done exactly what you guys have done? And God forbid if anybody else got on a group text on one of those, because there's all kinds yeah. of shit, you know, as a joke, ground check it. And, hey, what's this goat score? Ha <laughs> ha, ground check it. Let me know. Well, fuck, that can be taken way out of context, even right. though, you know, that's just people making talking, making jokes, well, you right? Know, I want to say something, Aaron, about that too. When you talk about the ambiguous portion of the law, I said to talking to the attorneys that we worked with and even talking to some of the game and fish, man, we did go to them and ask them for some advice, you know, because it's like, so when this whole thing was done, um, you know, Michael and Junior and, and the other buddy of ours sat with the game and fish and said, hey, we want to know, you know, what where, where was the mistake? I mean, so we, not only that we can learn from it, but we can make sure that we don't put ourselves in that position again, but we can get the information out. So keep in mind, man, think about it this way, too. You can be sitting there with your BTX, and you'd be glass of mill deer, I don't know, six miles away. But you know there's a road closer to you that's going to take you within a half a mile. In theory, if you jumped in that truck and drove down, even though you got to still spend another six hours on the stock a half a mile away, yeah. in theory, somebody could interpret it that way. But I think the biggest thing here is that I want to just mention is that I just – it's a perspective. This is the perspective that we are from and that these guys were, that, that, that they had. And, and that not even recognizing, realizing that something was being done wrong. All the way up to the point when the Game of Fish confiscated the, the antelope. And that's why we're here. To get it out to people, um, we're not here to, you know, we didn't whine and cry. We just yeah, took I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and try to claim innocence because technically I want to speak for you guys on this. Cause I hung out with you enough and you said something, you walked in one day and you're like, I spent a lot of lonely days over the last year and I still don't know exactly what the fuck I did wrong. Uh, this was you. Cause <laughs> yeah. you were like, and I'm, I'm, um, at a point where we're talking about this, I, I'm having, um, I don't know what the word is. Compassion is 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 gay as that sounds, but I'm like Aaron has compassion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm literally like I literally if I was 
I don't know how. You, I mean, I'm surprised it didn't come into a physical altercation because if we did all of that, it was close. <laughs> oh, I bet. And uh, let's say I had my wife, and and that, and it was my wife that hopped out the truck and shot it. And, and you know, forever, all the game wardens listening. I'm I'm sorry, you can hate me. You start fucking with my wife, and I'm the one that told her to do it. I'm probably going to go to jail, right? Because I told her to do it. I thought it was legal. And and now we are where we are. And, and I'm not saying that as a Billy badass thing. It's more of a, holy fuck, this needs to be way more. This needs to be a scalpel, not a sledgehammer. Yeah. And and I read all the fish and wildlife laws after I talked to you guys. I would have not known that what you guys well, did was and, illegal. And, and again, <laughs> you know, we what what we did technically is is illegal. You know, we we broke the law that day and and uh we paid the price for it but so so by no means am i trying to claim innocence i'm not uh, you know we we did we we fucked up and and uh and because of the the scrutiny before this hunt started because of who we are um and uh because of what happened that day it just it all snowballed effect and and yes it, and, you know, and i'm not proud of it you know and, and i've apologized to those guys if, a couple of times but it got very heated that day I can um, imagine. And, and has that's our, and, and that's it our did, livelihood. It did, you know, it did several passion. times. You know, we're passionate about it. I was pissed off. And, and, and you just um, killed it. 90 just killed a giant goat. goat. Oh, and at the time, <laughs> we didn't. We, you know, <laughs> yeah. still to this day, I mean, especially me, you know, really just being in the truck. I, that, you that's know, the I, crazy thing is so, so Junior wasn't the hunter. He wasn't, I wasn't obviously being guided. Yeah. Um, the, my other buddy, Danny, was there with us. Sorry, Dano. You know, I love you. Um, but, he was there and because they were there and just there associated with us. Yeah. Uh, these guys got jammed up even though they didn't, they didn't shoot the buck. They didn't do any of it. You know, believe me, so. I too many, too many hours on the side of a, of a mountain. But you know, the more I've thought about this, put it in reverse, honey, jump in the, jump in the driver's seat. I'm going to hop on the tailgate. Now I've made my wife commit a crime that I didn't know she was committing. And that, that shit happens all the time. And that's why, I really got, I mean, I wanted to talk about your guys' operation because the amount of mule deer I saw was phenomenal. But before we got to that, I really wanted you guys to tell this story because I was like, when, for example, uh, you, you kill an elk, you can shoot a bear over it in Colorado. If you move that elk, it's a, it, it's, it's illegal to, to hunt over it. Well, at what distance? At what you know? I've drug elk twenty yards to get a better spot to to skin them, right? Or get it in the shade. Did I do that to get a better shot for a bear that could be taken? And if somebody was watching me, they could technically find me if I shot a bear. You know, and when I say things like that, happenstance, the antelope's coming at you. Uh, you happen to see it and be there, and you jump out and shoot it. Which I I can't think of any hunter top of my head and i know a lot that wouldn't have done exactly what you guys did and do you guys know any no i i i don't i, I know we we all can sit here and say we don't you know the, the maybe the, the guy that can't shoot 90 yards yeah right that, that guy I, I think <laughs> I, I think the part i think the part that kind of bothers me about this situation aaron is is arizona as many people know is a very very sought after popular place to hunt one of the most sought after places to hunt is the Arizona Strip and the Kaibab. Now, the Kaibab is known, is a known spot for road hunting, that's, that style of hunting, because there's so many deer 
there's so many roads people just drive in the in the in the archery hunt the general hunt and the late hunt people just drive roads and they do exactly what you're talking about the wisconsin drive-by and and on the kaibab and on the strip you know there's so many deer you know you're you're stopping you're driving you're looking at doe pods during the rut you know looking for bigger bucks i mean you you'll drive a mile and see a whole different herd of deer you know so that being said like especially in the kaibab on those hunts they'll have four or five game wardens on that hunt and they drive around and watch people all day long drive their truck see a group of deer a guy gets out real quick and then the truck drives off to try to distract it you know and then the guy can make a shot or decide if he wants to kill it or not that happens all day long on the strip on the on the kaibab and the strip or the texas blind where they put a car seat in the back of a truck or you know not a car seat, but the back of a you know an old truck, you yeah. know, and they'll put a seat in there, and the guy's in the back with his bow, yeah, driving around. You know, no, no I, I again, I mean, um, you know, as people listening to this, uh, the ones that are get on, which there's going to be haters, really take a step back and think like what you guys actually did, and and I've talked about poaching before, where there's kind of three types, right? There's intent. I've loaded up my pack with apples and molasses, and I'm going to go bait bear. Um, then there's the you know, you're out, you have no intention of breaking the law, and then you know you're about to break it, but the animal's just too big or too easy, and you, you break it. And then there's the case that I feel you guys are in is you had no fucking idea, and it turns out you you broke the law. They didn't cut you any slack for that. Zero slack. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, zero. Yeah, so, we, so I lost my hunting license, um, which in turn, guides license, because you can't have a guides license without a hunting license, for five years. Um, and they could have taken it anywhere from one to five years. Mind you, again, first time violator, never been so much as talked to by the game and fish. They zipped me for the full five years on, on my hunting license and in turn guides license. So, um, they took juniors, um, guides license, just his guides license uh, for five years, but he still has a hunting license. Weird. Cause you weren't guiding. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, and I want to speak on, you know, Michael can speak, we had different commission hearings, but, you know, I, I can speak on my hearing. Um, the, the tough part about that whole process and, you know, I, and I'm going to say this first and foremost, that I appreciate and love what Arizona Game and Fish and all Game and Fish does um, to keep conservation um, what it is in this country. That's why what makes hunting, especially in the in the West and the Southwest, as great as it is, because of our management and and the quality of conservation that we have. Um, you know, that being said, um, in 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 these situations, a lot of these in, in commission hearings and and when you have violations and stuff, you know, you can go stand in front of the commission and make your case, but these decisions are made well before you even get in the door. And that was, be, that became very obvious to us yeah. throughout this. Um, you know, there was, I know at Michael's commission hearing, there was, there was literally an individual that went before him that, that was cited and admitted to poaching an animal or poaching an elk. And he shot it admittedly from the cab of his vehicle out of season. And they let the guy walk. Yeah. Well, and they, my, they and didn't let him walk, but they 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 took his stuff away for a couple of years. But he had an elk tag that year, and they allowed him to go on his elk yeah, hunt. That's right. Yep. And once his elk hunt was finished, then his revocation kicked in. Crazy. Yeah. So and at my because, hearing, and, and a lot of people don't understand this is when you get a, a game and fish violation, you go through the courts, right? Because it's a misdemeanor. So you go through just your whatever your justice court is, and you deal with it from that standpoint. Once it's completed in the courts, whether you're found guilty, not guilty, 
whether you plead down the charges or not, then you go face the game and fish their commission. So even if you're found not guilty in court, yeah, you go face the commission and they can still based off of their interpretation can still take your, um, your licenses. License, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and, and, it's two and, separate processes. And, and at my commission hearing, you know, feeding off the same point, you know, there was, there was multiple individuals there that were multiple offenders. One, one was a was a, a a lady and her husband who who had gotten cited for the second time for defrauding the state of Washington and Arizona, claiming residency in both states to to uh, you know so that they could draw a, a tag as a resident sooner. Um, and that was, this was the second time that they had gotten in trouble for doing this, and the commission let them walk. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 you know, the thing that they kept bringing up to us was that, well, your guides and, and you guys are held to a higher standard, which I can understand from people's point of view, like, you know, you, our knowledge and, and knowledge of rules and stuff like that is, it should be higher and it is higher than, than maybe the, the average Joe. But that being said, like the game, the, to, to become a guide in the state of Arizona, you submit an application and you take a 50 question test, 20 of those questions are about birds. It's an ongoing. You know, we have some fucking crazy memes about Arizona guides. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you know, you know, so shot a like, forky last year. I'm ready to guide. Yeah. You know, you, you know there's no, there's no limit. So, so basically it's, you know, I, I, I understand what they're saying. Like when you should know better, but it's like, Hey man, like I, nobody ever, you guys don't teach this class or the guide school of like going in depth of how, like, what these, especially these very ambiguous, I know we keep using that term, but these ambiguous, very broad spectrum rules, you know. In some ways, and I look at this, uh, obviously in the position um, that I'm in with getting a ton of different people on the podcast, I hunt, I guide, I do a little bit of everything, is at what point is it a better decision, and hopefully I don't get blasted by game wardens for this, they could have drove up to you guys and said, fellas, get the fuck out of the truck, you're breaking the law or you're about to, to, to me, in some ways, I think that's the right thing to do because you guys, you've had your warning, let's say, and you do it again next time, you're fucking guilty. Well, there is no doubt you're guilty the next I, time, I'm but they've given you the up. benefit of the doubt. Well, go on your deal with that because i got to pee. Ah, got it. No, no I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Aaron, because um, I truly believe that, you know, as in, especially in this situation, that we could have been, they could have been stopped in the middle of it and talked to and say, listen, you guys, you know, you're kind of pushing the envelope or, you know, um, even a warning would have changed it. I think the outcome would have been, I mean, no, I know the outcome would have been the same because it would have been like, holy shit, you know, we, you know, we, we screwed up or we're screwing up and it won't happen again. And I think that, you know, 99% of the hunting population if they were, you know, understood that and somebody pulled them aside, it doesn't always have to be a citation. And I just think that, uh, you know, when we talk about working relationships, um, I think that could have been a, a, a definitely an option that we would have had some same amount of grander success about just being able to have an understanding. So I'm glad you brought that point up because you're right, man. It, you talk about relationships, you know, and a lot of times game forwarders catch a lot of shit because they always feel like you're, they're, people always feel like they're being targeted. But 
man, if they could have, you know, I think that could have been one of those situations. Well, and it's not, it's not that we're looking for, you know, for them to hook us up or favoritism by any means in that sense. But, you know, we talk about, you know, he's talking about relationships and, you know, we, we strive and, and we work very hard to try and have a good relationship with as many game and fish, ranch owners, other outfitters, other hunters, you know, average Joes as we can. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the relationship aspect of it is, is extremely, extremely important to us. And especially, you know, an outfitter and, and being influencers of hunting across the Southwest, but especially in the state of Arizona, you know, we, we, that's, that's what we do. We drive people to this state. We want people to come and hunt. We want people to have a great relationship with the game and fish and all other hunters, you know, so, so it's from a relationship standpoint, you know, it's, it, it was, it's was, and it's still very important to us, you know, so we, you know, we, we, it's not that we were looking for courtesy or any of that and like a hookup at all. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, Aaron, you know, this all could have very easily been avoided said, Hey boys, like, I think you might be doing something wrong here. Maybe you need to reconsider your tactics. And that's you know? the only thing like, um, you know, cause obviously I, you know, very in favor of, I mean, you get a bad apple like anyone in the game warden community, but um, if I would say anything on this, me looking at it from the outside, looking in is uh, a warning. Uh, hey, guys, you, what you're doing is, is technically illegal. And then that way, if you kept doing it, let's say four days later, you're still on it and you do it and then you get a ticket and you deserve it because they've told you. Yeah. Um, but, and, and that's for this specific instance, cause there's a gray area on the, on the vehicle thing. It, to me, there's a, a gray area. Uh, and again, if, if you're just out literally sitting in the back of the truck, running it down, probably not a need for a warning for that. You yeah. fucked up, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> in your situation, there's definitely a difference, um, just like you said, the whole intent, you know. But it, so it, it was it was a great learning curve for us, I guess. Uh, we learned a lot about it. Um, I don't know if you should put great in that <laughs> sentence. Well, yeah. It just, yeah. <laughs> it just, was a. <laughs> just knowledgeable. I mean, you know, the, the first year. So this happened in August of 2018. Um, it was all done and wrapped up by summertime of 19. So. So I'm a couple of years in almost right now. Junior's about a year and a half in. Um, and, you know, that first year was tough. It was a changing of the guard a little bit for us because we're so used to running, you know, our family owned and operated business and the heart and soul of the outfitting. And, and we spend a couple hundred days a year out there. And so for us to have to figure out how to just like a light switch, step back. Yeah. Um, and, and we have some great guides. We got a handful of guys that, that guide for us that are phenomenal. Um, but for us to have to sit back and not only take a step back, but know our limitations and understand that too has been kind of hard. Like, well, Hey, if, if we go check a camera or something, is that, you know, well, technically we're assisting in the take. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you, we can't, you know, so yeah. the good thing about us though, is that our operation has gotten so big now that there is so much stuff to do and going on that has absolutely nothing to do with hunting or guiding yeah. that require full-time assistance where we're constantly, you know, dealing with social media stuff, juniors running that and, and relationships with all of our partners. And then we've got the, the cabins that we operate out of where there's, you know, we have so much stuff to do up there and, and things to take care of that there's so much moving parts to make this whole thing come together that, that have nothing to do with guiding. And that's really helped us be able to stay involved. 
You know? Yeah, no, it's good. The only thing that sucked is I, I didn't really get to hunt with Junior because he couldn't help, um, <laughs> you know, whatever, because, yeah. you know, what locked up. And, and that was one thing was cool was he was very clear, like, hey, I'm limited. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much stuck at camp, which I got. I totally understood. Um, but what, what was amazing to me after I, I hunted with you guys were, you know, I got a lot of questions. How were they? And I'm like, yeah, we're pretty much cut from the same cloth. It's like they're kind of the same upbringing as I have. And they were like, Hey, what about, um, you guys getting in trouble? And I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast with them cause it needs to be talked about it. And again, you guys at no time, I probably would have had a different opinion, uh, of you guys from the beginning. If my first interaction with you was different, you straight up said, Hey, they did this. We had no fucking idea. It was illegal interpretation. You know, you explained the story that at no time did you guys bitch piss and moan you were like it is what it is fuck i mean this is what we did which i thought was very if you were going to be crying and pleading to your case it probably would have been you know to someone like me or someone with a larger following so i could help plead your case where you guys were like the only thing you walked in the one time and you were like i'm still not sure what the fuck i did wrong exactly because you not in the sense because you weren't guiding you weren't hunting you just happened to be in the truck, and they took your shit. Yeah, um, where you were like, "Shit!" I mean, I just came to pick up my brother and the antelope. Down and the and road, I tried. You know? I told them when when we were going through the court process. You know, part of the plea agreement that I tried to do was, "Hey, I'll take the heat, the max on everything." Yeah. So you give it all to me because I was the shooter, I was the tag holder. But but don't jam up Junior and Danny. Yeah. You let those guys go, and I will take all of it. You yeah. know, because they had nothing to do with it. It was all me, and so. We try. Obviously, it didn't work. They were trying to jam us up both up, but and and um, it, it's just th- thinking about with you though. And I've you know recently going through some crap of my own that I didn't. What were you supposed to tackle him before yeah. he shot? Right? I mean, fuck <laughs> exactly. and throw, scared off, honk yeah. the horn like at the, at that place, space, and time. And again, I'm just trying to put myself in the in the position of you guys is. The only thing that you could have done, I, I guess, was scare off the antelope and then have Mike try to beat the fuck out of you for doing it, right? I mean, what yeah. you know, it's a weird yeah. position to be in to to take your yeah. your guiding license yeah. for four or five yeah, years. Yeah, it's tough, you know. Like you said, Aaron. I mean, I, I mean, this was a this was a family hunt. It was a personal hunt, you know. I'm, uh, I've never since 1987 has this company ever had any game and fish violations. Um, you know, uh, especially when it comes to actually guiding clients, yeah. you know, it's never, we've never been in question one time. So that, you know, that's the difficult part that, you know, there's, there's two difficult parts for me personally. The, the first and foremost was being that, that my dad takes a lot of the scrutiny because it's his name. You know, everybody knows him from the company and they thought, you know, he was the one that did it or he catches a lot of flack for it, which is completely wrong. He was on an airplane when this happened. And, and, and then the second part is, is, is the whole poaching thing. Like we've already talked about, like we had a valid tag and, you know, and then, and then the rumor mill, like, I mean, I've heard some of the craziest stuff on social media about the situation with us. Like, I mean, it's gone from anywhere from Michael shot it in from inside the vehicle with his bow, which is fascinating but it's also gone that we shot it out of a helicopter yeah we used michael and i were on dirt bikes chasing this buck cross country all morning chasing him down on dirt bikes like uh, the, my, the rumor my favorite, mills, my favorite yeah. is that uh obviously i love the exhaust fume one that but that and, one and that's it, that's bit, in yeah. the that's oh, in the, re- one, that's in the report yeah. like 
my truck's DEF anyways, right? But <laughs> doesn't, that, doesn't that do away with that shit? <laughs> you must have been wearing hex. My favorite one is I there was they were there was legitimate people talking about how I painted my truck or had some kind of magnet or sticker or wrap that made my truck I had a white dodge at the time look like a cow. Look like a cow. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, so we could that. get closer to that and I'm like like the they kept talking about like the Chick fil A, you know, the cow, whatever, and I'm like Man, that's actually a pretty good idea. Maybe we should <laughs> I had a cow decoy on my bow when I shot it this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a big fucking a, cow, yeah, but, but yeah, put it in your truck though. Yeah, no, I know. But yeah, no. Well, yeah. And, and you know what's funny too is a lot. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but in in Arizona, a lot of the governor's tags bucks, and a lot of the bigger bucks that get killed, especially on archery hunts. The, a lot of outfitters use horses. And so I we'll, killed mine this year. Yeah, and we'll literally get a group of horses and walk. And right behind the horses and walk right up to it and that you know that 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 to me like i'm not saying that i yeah, obviously that's within the rules but to to me like that seems a little more unethical to, i can in, tell you in, we walked my, right up to my fucking antelope you know, with two horses but, in I, the, but it's just it's just to me you know no just, i get i dig what you're shoveling i'm not disagreeing the funny thing with mine was he's trying to film under the horse so the first shot is nothing but horse cock, right? It's like, so, like, we, we I was so baffled that, so I had a, a, we had a plan. I had a cow decoy on my, my recurve, and they're like, uh, Danny was like, hey, works great. We've done it before. It's got to be the right place and space, but in this specific section of land, there's horses. So we're behind these horses, and horses are used to, uh, you know, being in front or behind. They're not used to, so I'm fucking hammering this horse because he's he's like what are you guys beside me for he doesn't know what to do trying to push him and we got to to 50 which i had just uh smoked a a cactus at 50 so i'm like i'm paranoid it's gonna blow out so i i shoot i nick its leg it has no i can't associate danger to the horse or the cow because i popped out from behind it well danny's trying to film under the horse and so it's just a big horse (laughs) and so the next shot he's you know it just started it looked its leg was basically half broke but it looked at its leg and started feeding and danny goes fucking go go and so we nudge forward and i pop out and and same shot you did last Mm -hmm. rib came out its chest yeah Mm -hmm. and i literally was like oh you know that was the horse thing i never really thought of that i was like holy shit that that is very lethal way to do it um which the only reason i brought that up is he's talking about the horses but like on the, the you know the vehicle side of things um you know with everything that, that that went on i was like you know um with multiple people that have talked to me uh, and they were like you know they just said they're poachers and i said okay slick now hold the fuck on <laughs> rewind your hunting career you've never done that and he's like no, I've done done that a lot. And I'm like, okay, well, let's have some, you know, I'd say compassion, but like realistically, if you guys did run it down with bikes, yeah, that's poaching, right? Yeah. If you were in the back yep. of the truck hauling ass, that's that's poaching. Mm-hmm. But the way you described the story and then me looking into it, I was like, well, like, especially with him, um, like, I mean, literally, of course, at this point in time, you probably should have fucked up the hunt, but what was he supposed to do? Tackle you? Like, that's what I was surprised with your ticket. That well, and, and there if, was no intent for that to happen. It just happened. if he would have looked at me or Danny and said, "Hey, uh, we're fuck, man, we're we're fucking up right now. Yeah. This is questionable. You yeah. guys sure you want to do this?" Then then we would have had a conversation about it, and we would have I would I would have realized and, and been like, "Yeah, well," I, but we didn't know. And even Danny, 
is is a longtime hunter, longtime family friend of ours who who's who's hunted his whole life. He still says to this day, like, hey, if I could go back and do all this again, I would have done the same fucking thing. Well, I can you tell know? you if you hopped out the truck and with an eighty eight to ninety two inch antelope in front of me and said, Hey, we may be breaking the law, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Let's shoot, shoot, go and shoot yeah. it, right? I mean, and whoever I'm more upfront about that stuff. Whoever says different, that's a fucking liar. Like you put a 200-inch mule deer off the side of the road on the way to a trailhead on public land, not private, public. Whoever says they're not going to stop and shoot yeah. it, lying. I mean, right. now, but they use the vehicle. And that's why I wanted people to hear this is you better really fucking think about what you're doing and how close, you know, uh, know the fish and game regulations. And if there's a question, you better call and get it. And honestly, in this case, I'd suggest to get it recorded, not to hold it against the, the DOW, but to say, hey, I... I did my due diligence. I made the phone call. I was told this was legal because it, if you don't, you're in the position you guys are in. Well, I think I think one of the things too, Aaron, which we really appreciate, um, and this word's got used a lot, is the intent. And I think Michael and Junior's story again brings up was what was the intent, man? And they didn't they didn't realize that they had they were pushing the envelope and there was no intent to go out and do something. So I think, you know, to all the people listening, uh, what we're really hoping for is that there's some education to it so you can think twice and put, don't put yourself in that position, man, because you know what, you know, you know, the haters keep hating and we talk about that, but you know, we got our ass kicked, man. And it's been a really tough road. I yeah. mean, it really, really has been. And we're, we're not here to, to ask for any sympathy. We're just, you asked us to tell the story from our, pers- our perspective. I could hear it is, man. Honestly, wait to get you, on i mean first uh was to again talk about hunting which we're hitting over an hour so we'll talk about hunting in a minute what was like i literally called my wife and was like holy fuck you would not believe what happened and she's like uh to the to the chino guys so she kind of half-assed pays attention and i was like holy shit i was like next time i tell you to get in the back of the truck and jump out smack the fuck out of me because that is illegal and she's like what because she she had shot her first antelope with me this year um, and so she got to, she's new to hunting. She got to see how antelope hunting works. Cause where we're at, isn't much different than you are. And you're driving the truck around glassing for antelope. I mean, that's, I don't know anybody that hunts them on foot, you know, ground blind. You're driving all day glassing and a, the hunting gets better at first light and last light. Cause they're closer to the road. Uh, I mean, again, the Wisconsin drive by, cause it's a very effective tool. And as they get closer to the road, that's when you jump in the ditch and shoot them, which, again, was 10 years ago, but I have shot many that way. And I was 250 feet or whatever it was, 50 feet off the center line. I totally thought I was legal because I cleared that center line. In this case, I'm finding out I could get a ticket for those. But it's over 10 years, so nobody bothered me about that. (laughs) I I used a horse this year, damn it. (laughs) I, I, I would like to say, though, you know, Aaron, that we appreciate you letting us tell our story. I think it's important. You know, we really haven't publicly spoken about it, especially in, on, on the level in which this will reach people, um, which is important for us to, to tell our, you know, our side of the story, which is first and foremost all we've really ever wanted to do. Um, you know, it obviously helps people, you know, um, stay on the up and up with their own personal hunting um, tactics and stuff so that they can learn from, you know, our mistakes and hopefully don't don't make the same one, which is, you know, important. But, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, when stuff like this happens, like we, you know, up until that antelope really started to get a lot of uh, press on social media, I would say, you know, 
we there's never been a, a question about our company mm-hmm. and who we were as people and you know and and who we are as you know we're family running and owned and operated business um we're all firemen you know we 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 have a we have a strong moral and ethical standard that we live by that we were all raised by thanks to him and you know and and from a company standpoint we're also the guys that i mean he can tell you better, but I'm willing to say that over just the last five years alone, we've donated probably over a hundred thousand dollars worth of hunts to to veterans, to underprivileged kids, to kids with you know outdoor experience for all medical problems, you know any in any hunts from javelina hunts for for wounded warriors to 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 archery Arizona strip hunts with with twelve year old girls that got muscular dystrophy this last year. Um, you know, and that's, that's the type of people that we are, you know, and, and it, it, it's unfortunate in situations like this when, when that, that gets lost in the translation, because, you know, everything you read on social media, apparently in this it's day true. and age is the truth, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it's, it's the day and age we live in. There's nothing that we can do about it. Um, it's just the culture, but you know, the, I think, you know, it's important for people to understand that the, the, the type of people that we are, um, you know, it's, it's very easy to throw stones in a glass house. Like we're, you know, like we're talking about here, but you know, that's it. it I mean, I'll be the first to admit, you know, like Michael said earlier, when we were engaging with people, you know, especially around the time of this happening, it was tough, you know, cause you, you, you're, you're, your ethos and your morals and, and, you know, standards that you live by in life as a man and as a human being are in question. And, you know, deep down to your core and your foundation that that's not true. Um, you know, and so that, that's, that's, that's the tough part for this and, you know, all the social media stuff, which, you know, I'm sure we can hit on, but. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we fucked up we made a mistake. Uh, we didn't know it and we're paying the price for it. And, just going to put in our time for a couple more years or three more years anyways. And, uh, you know, just learn our lessons and it just kind of is what it is. Well, and, and, uh, you know, and, and that being said, you know, a lot of people were hoping, especially local guys that aren't the biggest fans of us right now, a lot of people were hoping that this was going to be the death of us and we were going to go away. And first fucking hand this year, it was not the death. (laughs) You know, Jesus Christ, you had a lot of big deer underground. You know, and and (laughs) we're not going anywhere. We have no plan to, and that's not us, you know, Billy badass in it or threats or any of that. We're not going anywhere. This is what we do. This is, this is what we love to do. This is our livelihood. It's something that he's been growing and starting to transition to my brother and I. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's important to know that, you know, big Chino is not going anywhere and this is what we do. This is what we love. We have a passion for it. And, you know, uh, and, you know, we've taken a lot of scrutiny over social media and, and from some of these pages and stuff. And, and, you know, it's a free country. It's a free, you know, you can say and do whatever you want in, in America. That's what makes America great. But, you know, I think some of these pages would get a little bit more traction and, and have a little bit more respect if they would use their their reach and influence as gaining the actual facts and getting both sides of the story and giving people you know a chance and giving and and using their platforms as you know more of a okay this is what happened now we're going to give everybody the facts here's both sides of the story now you guys can all make your own determinations 
of 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 what and and that's not you know rogan said it the best when i was listening to his podcast the other day it's you know if it bleeds it leads you know that's that's just the 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 social media and media world that we live in now he brought some up to me which is you know truthful if you've got uh you know 100 followers one one and a half to three are gonna hate you if you got you know the three percent rule and you started to get in the one two three four hundred thousand followers you know you pretty decent amount of people fucking hate <laughs> yeah. you, right? I mean, there's yeah. no way around it. And yeah. I'm certainly not a hundred dollar bill. I'm boisterous and talk shit and I get it. So what, what, what really bugs me in, in this specific case and, and others as well is what, again, the intent or what, it was something that truthfully, I think maybe the game wardens probably should have come down and said, Hey, you're fucking up. And then if, if I could have got a hold of you guys earlier, because who knows how many people have got tickets for this after you guys that I could have prevented by having you on, you know, the podcast. And again, in, before we start talking about hunting, at no time did you guys piss, moan, and cry. You told me the story. You said, I think it's a little bit fucked up of how they did it, but technically it's a very, how did you put it? It's uh, up for the interpretation. It, it's a very broad, umbrella law, and they just didn't know. And I, again, I'm glad I can get you guys on now. Hopefully, one, people that have hate pages and that talk a lot of shit, um, I encourage them to look up anything on this because to my knowledge, nothing you got, everything you guys said is exactly what happened from everything I've read and learned. And, uh, and again, when I called multiple game wardens and asked different, different areas in Colorado, different States, you don't know what the fuck answer you're going to get. Right. I mean, it's yeah. different every time. So you, you better make sure because if, if in the same Eastern Colorado, if you call, uh, a game warden and ask him and then you call another game warden that's in the same area and they both say something different, you, you better not fucking do it because it, it, it it's not going to be up to you saying, Hey, I didn't have the, you know, I had the intent to do the right thing. They don't give a shit. It's yep. what they saw your intent was. Well, again, you know, we're just here to give the perspective from uh, what happened and hopefully guys out there, hunters out there, you guys will just uh, take a look at what you're doing and just be careful, man. And again, I, I, I think you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, if there's a question, contact your local game and fish, um, your you know whatever it is, Department of Wildlife, and say, hey guys, uh, you know, is this? Can I do this? Can I not? You know, um, but yeah, we, so, we do it every day. I mean, we call well, and the, ask if we can hunt the, here. The shitty you thing, know, and it's not. We, I mean, it, it's to be expected. But you know, I think now we're probably on the radar a little bit too, with being watched, uh, making sure that we're not out there hunting, make sure we're not out there guiding. Um, and so, we, and we know that, you know, we're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize ourselves anymore or this company anymore or our business or our industry partners, because it, we, we're not stupid either. You know, we know that we're, we're, we're being watched and scrutinized every, every step that we take in regards to big Chino, you know? And, and so it's just kind of, it's opened our eyes a lot to just making sure that we're aware of our surroundings and, and who we surround ourselves with, but what we're doing out there too, you know, it's, I, my wife had an elk tag this last year and uh, you know, there was some concern as to why I was out there and we had to bring into light the fact that my wife had a tag yeah. and there's absolutely <laughs> no reason why I can't be out there with her helping her. And there wasn't, there wasn't an issue, but we had to kind of clarify that like, Hey, what the hell is he doing out here? Yeah. At well, least make the phone call. Make yeah. sure you're good. Uh, hey, yeah, that's my wife, you yeah. know? So, yeah. um, even, so though, we, they, we even know. though they get a list. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we have to just make sure that we're, not that we're doing anything or plan on doing anything that could jeopardize us, but we really got to make sure we're minding our P's and Q's. Well, you know, again, I'll just say we can get to hunting. There's been a transition, Big Chino, 
these guys are learning another aspect of the business, you know, the logistics, juniors doing the marketing, appreciative of our outdoor industry partners and, you know, people understanding. And again, this is three years old and <laughs> we're moving forward. We're not moving back. And, you know, I'm you know, like you talked earlier, I was thinking about kind of slightly easing my way out of not so much Big Chino, but not, you know, semi-retiring and just let these guys run with it. But I'm back in retirement, so let's get back to that. <laughs> out of retirement, so here's what I'll tell you. You know, we had one of the most banner over-the-counter years, um, like you talked about earlier, and it's just kind of odd that it all happened at the same time Big Chino's, you know, back in the game. Yeah, I, I'd i say, like, um, you know, going down there, getting past what we're talking about now, um, I'd hunted Arizona a couple times before. Um, you know, and I don't – putting things into perspective, I would say, you know, if I would have had a, a compound in my hand, um, I'd say probably seven deer over 180 I could have killed. I, I would say pretty easily. Um, and I think if I came down there now that you guys know me and my parameters of what I can do that I can half-ass stock, um, which I am going to come back down. You guys have, I need a bigger blind. That was one. Well, you got bigger blinds actually <laughs> yeah, we now. Did. We did. Uh, yeah. Those Xenex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to have a shout out for those blinds. That is the, by far the best ground blind by far th- that I have used. Um, and is it, Z, how do you spell it? It's X. X-E-N-X. X-E-N-E-X. You see, I'm a redneck. I would have fucked yeah. that up. Would, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he but, told me this is Xenex like this. But ground blind wise, people ask me with a recurve like that, that ground blind. Well, Scotty and I sat in one for 12 hours one day. Um, that ground blind is awesome for traditional shooters or compound guys. And that's one I tell everybody to get now. But I got on a stock, I got um, 36, 37 yards from. I sent you pictures. I mean, what do you guys think that thing scored? Uh, it's a five by seven, wasn't it? Yeah, the drop time. Yeah, with the drop time. Yeah, I mean, he was probably one eighties, one nineties. Yeah, and then I had a buck that was. Uh, well, we actually, I came off. It wasn't really, I say fair, but it was just a distance that I probably couldn't shoot. But that buck, I, I was like, holy fucking shit, JP! That buck's thirty two inches wide at a minimum. That one was at 37. Uh, it was just an angle I couldn't shoot with the, you know, with the stick, but with the compound. I had another buck come out that I think I said, do you have photos of a of a non Anyway, you guys killed it. And then, you know, my spotters had, uh, you know, Scotty, he had photos of deer coming into some of the water holes. Uh, and I was just amazed. And then how big was that buck the dude killed that had like uh looked like a crazy eyes. S- STD coming off his forehead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how big that, was that? That's thing? a tough buck to score, man. We've had uh we've had multiple guys in camp, you know, that are all very very seasoned tapers and just, you know, just I mean, he's got 10 eye guards on one side, you know, so he's he's a t- he's a tough <laughs> buck to to score especially his bases where they measure, you know, as far as mass measurements and stuff, but we most of us are getting anywhere from 221 to 229. Yeah, yeah you can't so. until you put your hands on that buck. Because the pictures don't I do him justice. I got to look at it all fucking yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sitting in my bed. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking giant deer, yeah. man. Well, we yeah, yeah I took I took it to too. I took it to to our replica guy Steve Stainer, who's one of the best replica guys um, in the Southwest, and I took it to him, and he was like, "Dude, you guys didn't kill this in the strip," and I said, "No, man, over the counter," and he's like, "You got to be shitting me, man." But I I saw bucks as good as that buck in the spotter i mean we when i say that meaning maybe didn't score quite as much because of the eye guards because he's got a candelabra going on but um i I mean i saw multiple bucks uh in the spot even that one i i stocked on i think i got 30 something yards from it that um that that blew out was 
which wasn't a great buck for you guys, but was still in the high 170s, I would say. And not an internet 170, goddammit, like an actual <laughs> high 170s buck. That, and I had multiple uh, stocks. I'm trying to think that one day, I probably had four four stocks that, that one day that where I got sub, yeah, between 35 and 50. And I'm, some of them I just couldn't see them because they're too much shit. And then like ground blind hunting, which you guys are pretty successful on water as well. Um, you know, there was... I mean, giant deer coming in, and I'm assuming with you guys, you said that last year was your your best year. Is that correct? For for harvest, for, for harvest. kills, yeah, yeah. Every year, hunters are getting stocks and getting shots. You know, I mean, we have that miss board, which you're on. Uh, but uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, we we, we, uh, we uh, actually, uh, and not just you. I mean, Amanda's on it too. But anyway, we'll mention that Amanda, I love you. But anyway, that uh, buck was like 190. Wasn't it? I saw a video of that thing. That thing was giant. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys get stocks every day, and they miss. I mean, it's spotting and stocking mule deer is not easy, man. We tell people that all the time so didn't you but let me ask you a question you know there's that big giant four point that uh, we're trying to kill did you get it didn't you get an opportunity it was like 210 well, we kind of have them at 210 and well, our the fucker was 12 yards behind my ground oh, man, um yeah. the uh you know scotty's on the hill and uh and then that cameraman dude was somewhere um <laughs> and i'm like trying not to make noise because it wasn't windy that day and i can uh you know i can hear that um that lip ball, you know, and I'm like, fuck. And I peek the blind open. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding. I mean, it's, I say 12, it was 18 yards, but you guys set up the blind correctly. It just happened to be, you need back cover. There's a branch going right across. And I'm like, if I can get the blind open, can I make the, the shot? And he stood back there with 20 some does for three hours while I was in that going back and forth. And I, I don't know what he's, I mean, he was, he was giant. I mean, it's hard as you're peeking through a butt crack trying to look and not scare the shit out of it because there was no wind, but I would have to say he was easy 200. I don't know what he was over that. But. Yeah, that was a big deer. That big deer, yeah. We, we've got a lot of video of that buck. That was the, uh, can I talk about the pee on the heater? <laughs> that was, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, we want him to find out who, who did that. You know? <laughs> there was a heater in that blind when i got in i'm like holy shit this is awesome and i think uh did rihanna sit in that before me or something or somebody i can't rihanna uh, i don't think no rihanna didn't sit in that blind i think it was another guy out of texas but i was uh overly happy that there was a heater in that blind right and so but it got to the point there were so many deer around me i was starting it and stopping it i'm like fuck it i'm gonna freeze i ain't starting this heater again because there was so many deer uh, coming in. And what's crazy in that specific spot, you could see way up to the left of the canyon. And and I was, you know, sending videos of bucks coming in. Uh, had a little bit of a swirling wind that would get 80, 90 yards that were, I mean, I would have killed with a compound. But I was like, holy shit, that, that was on one, one, one blind. And so on that blind, there was probably five bucks over 175 and, and, and at least one over 200. And I think you guys killed a wide one that was on there didn't you right after i left yeah, right wide three-pointer yeah. Yeah. yeah so there was there was good deer um and i you know i would say guys that if you that are thinking about you know getting a hold of you guys it, as long as you have the commitment to keep going on stocks and you keep your head out of your ass you are going to get an opportunity now it's not i mean these guys can't make you shoot good so that part is up to you but i, I would think that a stock a day is very realistic oh, right. maybe two 
Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that is realistic, especially during the rut. Yeah. And, and that's all you can, to me, as a, a bow hunter, if you get one stock a day, a good stock, you can't ask for more than that from an outfitter. Um, you know, and I hunted uh, public land down there the year before, and uh, it 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 had big deer. It didn't have the numbers you guys had. It had big deer, but again, uh, one stock a day, you can't really expect more than that and if you are you're in fucking la la land because it just doesn't happen that way i mean you might get that but uh, a one realistic stock a day you're going to kill a buck in five to six days if you get one realistic stock well yeah and i think it's important for people to understand too you know archery hunting in general is is tough but you know mule deer is especially one of the toughest animals in north america to kill just because of how cagey they are um you know some of our clients have been hunting with us 10 15 years you know, on that. I know all the white, all the whitetail hunters are going to hammer us for that. Right now. <laughs> I, I've I've hunted whitetail a shitload, and I will say that uh, a five and a half plus year old whitetail in eastern um, the, the eastern part of the United States and states and Midwest is as difficult or more difficult to kill than a a five and a half year old mule deer. But when you that's stalking, obviously. You know, because mule deer are easy to stock, but if you put tree stand to water hole, things start to change a little bit um, on that. And then you, you know, you also have to consider most people physically probably can't go through multiple grueling stocks that are hanging out in a tree stand. Yeah, and that, and that's a key key factor, man. I mean, you said it earlier. We we I tell people all the time. I said we're going to put a great plan together. We're going to show you bucks, but we can't make your stock for you. Yeah. We can't make your shot for you, man. I mean, yeah. that's just it. But you want to come out and have an incredible experience to see some great bucks. I mean, the August hunt they're in velvet. You know, d- uh, December, January we got the rut, pre rut, full rut, post rut. I mean. And, you know, we talked earlier about the Arizona Game of Fish and their management. I mean, this is a good example. I mean, these bucks are – you you saw it for yourself, brother. I mean, they're they're legit. And, and we really try to, to accommodate every hunter and his capabilities because, you know, and every everybody loves to shoot a bow, but not everybody is at the same level in archery hunting. So where we took – where we take you, Aaron, and put you and the situations we put you in are probably a little bit different than where we put Joe Blow from Wisconsin – um, that's never done it before, you know. So well, we, we try to we have some opportunities for people that that may not necessarily have a ton of experience. Yeah, and, and we physical. We were in very. Um, I mean, I couldn't have asked for more, and I was half fucked up from COVID. Uh, anyway, I was recovering, but I. I mean, I. There wasn't a day that went by where I was just like, okay, this this sucked. I didn't I didn't see um, you know anything. I didn't get into anything or whatever. And there was um oh. God, I want to. I, I guess there wasn't a day. I don't think I. Well, maybe one day. Um, that one day when the horse people came in or whatever. Um, I don't think there was a day that I didn't see a buck over one seventy. Um, which is saying something. I mean, yeah, it, it, most people. And again, these are actual numbers, not internet numbers. Uh, one of the guys <laughs> that we guided down in Texas was in the back of the truck. We're driving. He's like, so what are we looking at? Like one nineties. And I'm like, stop the fucking truck. Uh, and I looked, I said, dude, who the fuck you been talking to? And he's like, what? And I said, this isn't a 190 area. This is a multiple stock area. I said, you want a 190 area? I'm going to send you. And I brought up you guys and my buddy uh, Nestor out east. And I said, you're going to see 200-inch deer. You are not going to kill him. He's like, what do you mean? And I said, you don't have a skill set, bro. I said, I just don't want you to waste your money. 
you're going to shoot 145 to 165 inch deer here and we're going to get three to five stocks a day. Uh, we don't give out that many tags, big ranch. And I said, you are not going to see 190 inch mule deer on this ranch unless I just haven't fucking seen it. You're going to see decent deer and you're going to have a lot of stocks. We don't bring that many hunters on. And I'm like, dude, and I started pulling up photos. I'm like, what's that score? He's like, I don't know, 180. I'm like, 155. What's that one score? And he's like, 205. And I'm like, yep, 172. I'm like, you need to quit looking at fucking Instagram. Um, <laughs> because I can do some amazing shit with a wide angle lens, right? And, and, and people putting things into perspective for a trad guy, especially uh, a high 170s deer is a, a big, big, big deer. Um, What's a big deer for any anybody? But I, I would you know. say, like, for, of course, it's going to sound like a fucking asshole comment. I have no doubt spot and stock with you guys. I could kill 190 to 200-inch deer within a year or two coming yeah. down. I can shoot out to 80, 90 yards. Um, I can stock. And so I, I, I feel I could do that with a mm -hmm. stick. I don't, I don't know that I could do that. It's doable. It's possible. But that distance of 65 to 80 yards and 25 to 40 is a big fucking difference on yeah. a stock. Well, we, we did it twice um, where I got within that range, uh, but I, I couldn't see the buck and, and one of the does, you know, I think saw my fucking kneecaps of all things to, to blow out, but it, it's doable. And it sounds like you guys, it's yep. like that every year. I mean, I'm going to pee again without people making fun of me. Why don't you guys kind of go over the different, um, you know, if somebody wants to come down the expectations what they can you put them on water? Can they stock? Are you going to mix it up? Kind of go into that so people know. Cool. Yeah. So you know, we, like Michael said, we have a lot of different options just based off the of skill sets and what kind of people are looking to to accomplish and 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 their type of hunting and and their capabilities, especially as far as stocking and shooting goes. You know, uh, Arizona is typically a very very dry drought ridden state. We don't get a lot of moisture, so in years like that, we try and take advantage. Uh, as best as we can of, of sitting over water and, and popular crossing areas close to waters and, and salt licks and, and such, um, you know, so, so that's for, for guys that are, you know, used to sitting, especially the whitetail hunters, you know, Midwesterners and stuff, or guys from Texas that they're used to sitting blinds, you know, that's definitely a, a big part of what we can, what we can do and, and have some good success, um, you know, doing that, um, or that style of hunting, but, you know, also at the same time, you know, we, we like to get after it. We like to, we like to hike, we like to get high on glass and, and spend all day glassing and, and putting guys in position, you know, multiple stocks a day, um, you know, uh, getting guys within, you know, usually our, our, our sweet spot to get guys we tell everybody is 60 yards is, is the sweet spot. Um, but we tell everybody, you know, if you can shoot out to 80, you're putting yourself in a way, way better position uh, to be successful, um, you know, and, and 80 yards, especially to a Midwestern or whitetail hunter. A lot of these guys will come in and tell us like, man, I can't even shoot out to 60 yards from where I'm from. We don't even have a range. Or it's too thick or whatever, you know, so. Um, definitely knowing your equipment and knowing your capabilities um, before you come to us um, is definitely to your advantage so that we can put you in the best opportunity and the best position to, to be successful. So. It, this hunt is, if you're, if you're hunting to, if you're out there to kill, this is not your hunt. Um, this is not a, you know, I'm going to kill with Big Chino. This is, a, I'm coming out to hunt. Uh, and so 
our our success rate on this hunt is low because it's an archery mule deer hunt and like junior just said we get a lot of guys that don't have the capabilities um to to shoot long range or just to archery hunt in general so if you're coming i would say though opportunity wise opportunity absolutely everybody gets an opportunity (laughs) don't don't kid yourself it's in multiple opportunities we get guys empty their quivers daily but so if you're coming out there to hunt flags (laughs) (laughs) arrows to jesus if you're coming out there to hunt and have a good time then then this is a the the place for you if 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 you're so hung up that uh you know, the, the hunt's not going to be a success unless you kill something. This might not be your hunt. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a tough it's be, hunt. It's so. become like a, and, and Aaron, I'm sure you can attest to this, but it's become, especially our industry partners and, and people that we work with in this industry, as far as our companies and sponsorships and stuff that people will send individuals out. It's, it's become like a, um, kind of like a rite of passage like man you you went on an otc hunt with the big chino boys like how'd you do like oh man i i smacked a 190 or or you know dude i missed a freaking, or i shot I, a two point like, yeah i shot yeah. a two point but it but it, it's <laughs> it's, it's like a <laughs> it's it's a very it's it's you know it's become like this thing for you know a lot of our industry partners especially like i said to to send people out and it's it's like this big challenge you know because it is a challenging hunt and it, it keeps people, I mean, our repeat business is, 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 it's insane how many people, I mean, before their hunts are over, they're writing checks and, and booking hunts for next year, buying out entire weeks of our whole camp, you know, six, seven spots, you know, just because of the opportunity and, and the quality and, you know, and, you know, as well as the group of people that we are, um, you know, in our camp and how hard we work, you know, it's, it's, it's become like a, it's become kind of like the cool thing to do for some people, um, which has been, well, you know, awesome for us. So. I want to tell you too, you know, um, we got a pretty great facility as you, you know, yes, you do, you know, yeah, yeah. there's no shithole there. It is very nice. And I've stayed in some shitholes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I mean, it's, uh, it's set up. I'll just kind of paint the picture from the outside. You pull in and there's, uh, I'll say outbuildings, whatever you want to call them. Uh, what's nice is you have uh, kind of your skinning shed in one area, but your 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 quarters and the guide shack and the food is all kind of in a row. So it's not spread out. They're all super clean. They're all heated, uh, built very well. You got TVs. Um, like at no time. Now, obviously, in the summer, you're not going to have any time to fuck around at camp because it's light at the ass crack of dawn and dark at nine o'clock. So you're probably just going to go to bed, but the facility, you guys have food every morning ready to go. Um, I mean, I, I didn't have any complaints at all. I mean, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Well, we got a badass sore next gym there, you know, yep. for guys who want to get a workout in. I mean, you'd be surprised, man. A lot of guys will, will grind it all day and get a workout in. Yeah, you, you got to get your so. chest, you got to get the chest pump in, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, chest, chest every day. You can't flex Big cardio. Yoga guy, and, Big and, yoga guy over here. Yeah. <laughs> and check this out too. You know, what's cool is we have a bunch of mounts in there from bulls that we've killed in the area. And then my, uh, my diesel buck is in there, you yeah. know, from, from the Arizona strip. So, you know, he's. Uh, I have to tell hunters, man. Just whatever you do, just don't use this as your guideline. Yeah, no, this is a once in a lifetime buck. Well, you know? No, I mean, I think how you said it, like, like where we take guys down in uh, in, in Texas in the in the Davis Mountains. That's an area you're going to kill, but you don't. You're not going to kill a big one. I mean, you might. When I say big, you kill an okay one, but not big compared to what you guys are looking at. Uh, big, but you're going to have opportunities. You're going to kill something, but it's just not going to be a giant, giant deer where with you guys about every day, you're going to see at least a giant deer. But I would say most guys, 
uh, and I, you know, I want to hear you guys' opinion. If you want to do a little bit, be open-minded. If you, if you're like, I just want to come spot and stock. If you come down and spot and stock for two to three days and you got picked last at four square, you may get the fucking ground blind because you <laughs> obviously can't get it done. Don't, don't, uh, you know, or, or just yeah. chalk it up to if it happens, it happens, but you, you may be better off sitting in a ground blind, but are you guys cool with that? If a guy says, Hey, I want two or three days of spot and stock and then sit in a blind after that. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do that all the time. We yeah. get requests like that or guys like, Hey, I'm never spotting stock. So let's, let's run this for two or three days and then we'll get in the blind or vice versa, you know, or guys will sit in the blind for a couple of days and the buck that they're looking at or that we want them to kill off a specific spot isn't coming in. So, or hasn't come in in a couple of days, so they're you know getting a little antsy. So we'll uh, we'll take them out and pound the hills a little bit. And, and it's know. all weather dependent too. I mean, yeah. sometimes during those hunts we got you know a foot of snow on the ground, or it's raining every damn day. So sometimes we don't really have the option to sit, uh, and it's it's just going to be a, a spot and stock kind of a deal, you know. I just if you're let's say like a, a stick bow guy, unfamiliar with spot and stock. I think it'd be good to learn from you guys for a couple of days with very low expectations of you killing one. Maybe you will. And that's my own opinion. I'm not saying they won't. And then get in the fucking ground blind. Um, Cause they're probably going to drive well, we you guys tell crazy. Guys, we tell guys all the time, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll be like, you know, Hey man, that buck may not be the 180 that you're here after, but he's 160 and you've never done this before. Let's just go yeah. put a stock on him. If you end up liking him, if you get within range and you shoot him, then Hey man, you, that awesome. But, you know, at least get the experience and get the knowledge of what it takes to get this done. So when you do get an opportunity at the buck that you're looking for, then, you know, it's not your first time stocking a mule deer when it's a world-class trophy sitting in front of you. Well, I think that's really important, too, because you'll get guys that are hung up on the score, like you said earlier. Yeah. And they won't make a stock unless the buck meets that criteria when really... Which you is, know. you learned, I have uh, the opposite issue. Um, <laughs> I, for me, I mean, I like, don't get me wrong, I like to shoot big deer, but if you put a 175-inch buck in an extremely technical stock that is doable um, or 195-inch in a water hole, I'm probably going to choose the technical. So I, I like that. But as, as I say that, if you're like, hey, Aaron, um, you know, it's a little bit of a shaky stock. We've got a 190 buck coming into this water hole. I get me in the fucking water hole. Um, <laughs> get me in a blind. People have to be realistic to that. And, and, and again, and Doyle talked this about a little bit uh, too, and I've talked to the Eastmans and different people. If you're judging what your uh, potential outcome of your hunt should be off social media, you should probably turn social media off. You don't see the cactus in your penis and fucked up feet and, and, and dehydration and misses. You just see the glory, right? You see the, you, you, you see the final best light painted picture uh, in a perfect light. And, and sometimes for some of those guys, that's a lifetime before they got to that point. We, we have a couple of specific clients that have been hunting with us that come on this hunt this OTC hunt and have for probably 10, 12 years now. Mm -hmm. And both of those guys have only killed a few bucks, you know, yeah. at, at the end of the day. And they're both very successful hunters elsewhere. Uh, they're both very good at what they do. They can shoot the hell out of a bow. But even then you got to think one in four times they come out there, they're killing a deer. Yeah. And, well, and, and well, one of them, and one of them has come, you know, like I said, 10, 12 years. And this was the first year that he actually put an arrow in a buck that was over 200 inches and, and because of was, it, it's because it's me, hard. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Richard. Yeah. Dude, that was good. Yeah. Richard. Funnier than hell. Yeah. <laughs> he is funny. So, you know, these guys, 
again, it just goes back to, you know, it's a great hunt. It's a lot of fun. You get a lot of action. Um, opportunity rate is, is just huge, but it's still, you're still trying to kill a, a deer, a skittish animal with a, with a bow, you know, and, and during the rut, especially you got a big buck, he's got 10, 15 does with him. You're talking about 20 sets of eyes staring some, at some you. Some of our it's, bugs and one of the bigger bucks that Jake killed two years ago, he, that buck had, I think 37 different deer with him. No, yeah, it was we, a shit we, house luck on that. Yeah, one. and I mean yeah. we, I mean it was a it was a stock that was you know, I think it ended up taking nine and a half hours from start to finish. You know we, you know we had to have Jake bobbing, weaving through bedded does and stuff. You know, and he ended up making a great shot. But I mean, there's you know there's damn near a hundred different set of eyeballs looking. Yeah. You know, and I, it's, I, it's one tough. thing on the blind shit house luck, I would say, and this is limited experience. You have the, you do have the the chance of blind hit shit house luck of a two hundred inch mule deer coming in front of your blind at any time out there like that that is a realistic possibility for that to happen. Am I totally out to lunch on that, or would oh, you guys I, say that's fairly I, true? Or yeah, a one ninety? Anyway? Yeah, well, you know, I, first of all, I think I think I just tell everybody this, man. You know, one seventy is the goal. Yeah, you know, you're talking over the counter, right? But definitely, there's going to be some one eighty to two hundred two hundred inch plus deer. Usually on a, on, a, on a hunt, we'll see probably two bucks that we legitimately that we'll all agree and say, okay, that buck hits the 200 mark. And um, we see a lot of bucks, 170 to 190 class, you know. So, yeah, I do think that. And we'll certainly we try to put everybody in position for that, you know, keeping that in mind. But uh, Well, and we've, and we've been guiding this OTC hunt for, you know, what, you know, like legitimately taking a lot of clients on this particular hunt for 10, 12 years now. And, you know, in that amount of time, we've, we've, you know, we've only killed five, six bucks that were legitimately over 200 inches, you know, a couple of those bucks sneaking up on that 230 mark. But these are, these are, I mean, the people that put their hands on seasoned, especially Arizona guys are like, dude, these are Arizona strip quality mule deer that you guys are smashing now, um, now you know. the, these giants aren't just, don't kid yourself, they're not running around everywhere. Every yeah. corner you turn, you're not going to see a 190 or 200, but you're going to see a lot of big bucks. Yeah, for and sure. I guess to put, I just want to make sure people understand, because in, in some ways maybe I'm I'm used to glassing 12, 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. If if you put the work in, um, it, to me, you're, you're going to, ha- on spot and stock hunt, you don't mind glassing, you don't mind being mobile, which is a big thing I think with you guys it seems to be you're going to get your eyes on and get a stock on a buck that's over 180 to 190 in a five. To, if you put the work in uh, and you glass all day, the thing is most guys, they can't, they can't do it. Yeah, uh, most yeah, guys can't. They can't hang. I mean, now you, you know, what did Mike Tyson say? Everybody's really tough to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody can sit behind a spotter all day till they actually sit behind a fucking spotter all day. Cause it sucks. But we did out there. And I mean, we, that one, Buck, you guys had video of what's fucking retarded. I don't know if you guys killed it. Um, Missed it was right after seventy five after you left. Yeah, it was right after I left. Which I was, buck? The big four. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. what did what would I mean? I was putting that thing easily cresting that two hundred inch. Yeah, mark, I mean we we figured he was anywhere from that two hundred five to two ten mark. You yeah, know. big big deer. But it's funny, S- still alive too. Yeah. You guys got that tied to a tree for me? <laughs> but, like, you guys see this pile of deer out here, right? I, what, that's mostly this year for me, and, mm-hmm. and people see that, and I'm like, you know what's really crazy is there's not a fucking whitetail in that group over 140, and there's not a mule deer in that group 
over 185. They're like, what? And I'm like, it's the fucking internet, man. The internet gets people with this false hope, I guess, of, of like you said, 200 inch. Well, you take, you take pictures with your, your phone now that are do a phenomenal job, you know, and, and you can make, you can make a, a 150, 160 look 180, 190 pretty easy. You know, I'm going to pull take the deer much. up I shot in Eastern Colorado this year because that is exactly what we did. But it wasn't um, <laughs> it wasn't uh, 160, but it was uh, it was a coal buck. My buddy's like, hey, they, you know, it, it's doing him a favor, right? Get your ass out here and, and uh, you know shoot one of these coal bucks. And you know we got we got out there, and you know that's like a hundred and fucking eighteen inch deer or something, right? I mean it's little. He, I brought it back, and he was like, dude, you shot a dink, and I'm like. You said shoot a five-year-old buck. <laughs> it's five, and it sucks. Like that's what you said you wanted me to do. Holy. But and uh, but that that deer's I don't know 120 inches maybe. I don't know. It's not very big. I had people messaging me. What's that buck? A 165. I'm like, no, it's not even close. Now, I personally like any. I'm a coal hunt guy. If somebody says I need shit killed, I'll head out. On that, where he's at, same thing. You are going to see giant deer yeah it's just the capabilities and he shoots a lot with a gun but the the, the chances of an, a bow hunter killing it are a, quite a bit different it's mm. it's doable but i mean you, you can't you can't guarantee that on a deer that well, old and i think it's smart. important for people to understand too like 160 170 inch buck especially with your bow like that's a nice deer man yeah. like and we're you know we're spoiled because you know especially when you start putting your hands on some of these arizona strip bucks that are 200 250 inches like my dad's buck you know and it just puts a whole nother perspective on size of animals to you so we we'll sit here and, and it seems like we're kind of slamming 170 180 inch buck like it's nothing and you know trust me to to us like when we see a 175 180 inch four point out where we're hunting on this otc hunt like we're jacked up you know we're we're excited um but it know, i mean so. it's that's a a big deer i'm trying to pull a photo up of a uh, of a deer that i it's my biggest deer with a recurve that uh i shot up in alberta and i i shot this buck um it was the first year i was up there and the, my buddy that he's an outfitter up there he said uh you're the third one and i'm like third one what and he said third one to ever kill one with a stick bow up here I was like well you didn't sell me on that shit when i paid for the fucking hunt god he and, looks uh, super heavy uh, and that deer was only in the 170s, but that's a, a deer I'll shoot every year, twice. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll put four arrows in that before you tell me to load an arrow. Like, but old deer, it's got everything you want, right? It was old, mature, um, and I literally was like third fucking guy in 23 years. And he said, "Well, dude, we we've shot a lot." You know, he said it's just closing the deal on that. And in that case, like that buck, I shot it at 40 yards with the recurve. It, it's just one of those things. But I I don't. I th a lot of people were throwing out high 190 numbers, and I'm like, look, I'm measuring it green, and I'm doing it myself, so I'm calling it 176. Probably going to shake out in the high 160s, low 170s, but I, I would shoot that deer every year without blinking an eye um, with heavy. a compound aura. Well, and I, heavy, I, I, heavy I implore people to, to especially when they, if they can get their hands on any horns, but especially one that they harvested themselves, like get a tape out, man. And even if you don't know, how to officially score, get on YouTube, get online, you know, Pope and Young, they'll teach you how to do it on their scoring sheet and stuff. They tell you exactly what to do. And it puts it a whole nother perspective for you of learning and field judging animals when you can legitimately score an animal, 
you know, like, you know, I was listening to, to you when you were talking to Doyle, you know, you know, we can throw out measurements of what it would take to, to, to hit a 90 inch antelope or 400 inch bull or, you know, a, or a 200 inch mule deer, you know, like that, because that's, you know, it, you, the knowledge that you get over the years of judging and scoring and taping animals is worth its weight in gold, especially in the moment when you get a quick look at something and you got a high paying client that's like, Hey man, is this, is this bull 390? I need to know right now. Cause I'm going to shoot him. If not, then I don't, I don't you know. fuck with people like that anymore. Yeah, I'm not know. good enough. In, yeah, in, I the outfit, in the outfitting I just, world, I just you, lie. You, just yeah, lie about you, it. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, you know, I always tell people what we say is we don't throw out scores really much anymore unless people force us, but we pretty much just tell them like, Hey man, I would shoot him yeah. if it was me. You well, know we, I mean? we had a so. buck, uh, uh, I went after that. I, I, one of your guys was, he was being conservative. He's like, yeah, he's probably mid one fifties. And I'm like, I'll kill it. Cause to me, it's, it's it was one seventy in my eyes. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if he's being conservative. So he doesn't get himself in trouble, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, fuck you. That's way. But again, yeah, he, he didn't want to come back to camp and answer to me if it was legitimately. Yeah. 150 <laughs> and you thought it was one seventy. It, it it's like, okay. Oh, Lockwood. Uh, we still love you. Brother. Yeah. Well, that's what, when he, I, I, cause that, uh, that buck, I don't know if they sent you a picture of it or not, but to me was in that high 160, 170 oh, yeah. range. And I think it was lock said 155 and I'm like, Oh, I'll kill it. And, uh, he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm he, that's because he he he's always been like that. Yeah, thing. and yeah. and and real quick, Lockwood wanted me to ask you uh, if you were afraid to let him drive that new Shelby after uh, we destroyed the the fir- the green <laughs> Raptor on your first on your first uh, hunt. So. No, he was funnier than hell. He was a good uh, he was a good guy. He's a good. Well, I say kid. He is young, but he, I like the shit out of him. He was hilarious. Hard work. He's around. getting married in a couple weeks. Oh, he's yeah. congratulations. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he was good. He was fun to hang out with. I. Uh, well, I get an example like uh, one of the ground blinds I got into. There was a guy in it, and he'd been there. He said since since three thirty. So you guys, you didn't do any heinous shit. You're like, well, you're gonna have to fucking wake up early tomorrow because that's just how <laughs> you know life works. And in in in, in uh, lock, I walked down the road and I got he was taking a nap, and I was like, hey, dude, we got to go to a different uh, different spot. And we got on that bus. I mean, really, like would I don't ever get down, but you know, most guys might be. Ir- fuck we were on that buck and an hour later blast another buck up and i went shit i stalked it three times that day and i got within well the first one i was 80 and i shit you not i think that dose on my kneecaps or something because i could not see her but i got within 38 the next time and 30 or 42 the next stock on a day that potentially wouldn't have been great and we 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 still found deer and we found another deer later that day that we just we running out of daylight so it's not like you don't have multiple opportunities down there I, I i had a great time i thought it was awesome other than like i said the 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 i uh the ground blind i was happy when i got in the the Zan- however the hell you pronounce xenix xenix yeah what most women take no i'm just kidding just <laughs> yeah. kidding women <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. Well, man, we're we're over two hours. You guys got anything you want to add uh, to I, this? Yeah, I, I'll do a I'll do a shameless plug here for our uh, for our our guided series. Um, we're gonna have a pretty big film coming out um, here within the next week or so um, of my dad's uh, Arizona strip buck that we named Diesel from a couple years back and, uh, and the goalpost buck that we killed in the same day, both bucks, uh, one was, was 250 and the other was, was just over 210. We killed them about three hours apart. We got it all on film and we're going to be releasing that, 
um, here shortly. So, you know, um, it's a, it's a pretty incredible film. The people that we've been able to show so far, um, are just astounded by the, the footage and, and the quality of, uh, of, of the, uh, of the film itself. So definitely be on the lookout of that, you know, follow you, us on you, Instagram. And YouTube stuff like was that. where it'll so, be or Instagram. Uh, so we, 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 we'll put it out on, on IGTV and YouTube, but most of what we do is with carbon TV. We have a great relationship with them over there. It's been a great platform for us to, uh, to get our content out um you know it seems like our content is growing by the day right now um so uh you know it's all free um as far as carbon tv goes and stuff so you can definitely find us on there um we we have about six or seven other films uh out right now um from previous seasons um you know and it's been a big learning curve for us um you know we're not we're not, um, you know, too savvy with the camera stuff and all that, at least when we were starting out. But, you know, it's been a big uh, it's been a big learning curve of standing in front of a camera and talking about your feelings at times. But uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so, the cool, the cool you know. part is it's on carbon for 30 days before we'll let it go on YouTube. You know, like I said, we want to we want to, you know give love to Julie and, and our carbon family. They've been really good to us stuff. And, you know, we're going to do a giveaway. Um for that for that show, I mean, again, that film, I watched it a couple of times. My wife watched it and it brought a tear to her eye. And, uh, you know, it was genuine, man. And you just realized that we're just human beings, too, you know, and we love to hunt and we're emotional, too. But uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway on that, man. We're giving away a, a, um, a Montana knife, and we work with Montana Knife Company, you know, Josh Smith over there. And and so there's going to be one through Carbon TV. They just watch it and they, they sign up. I'm going to give you one of these Montana knives right here that uh, – that we got it's a big chino version you know and um it's they're pretty badass um i appreciate nice, that yeah man so I, it's kind of cool no that is cool because i've got a kafaru one that i keep in my truck so i can keep this one in my pack so i appreciate it he's a super good dude it's he a hell is. of a knife too yeah they do they do a great great job you know and they're just up and really coming the company's growing so montana knife company they do you know we work hand in hand with them and you know, like I said, brother, we, we want to give that to you. But keep in mind that anybody that's going to watch the Guided series, this is season three. We're going to have six episodes. We got some great footage from last year. Um, and, again, that, that we're going to start off with that diesel buck, and it's a badass, you know, badass uh, video. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, just real quick, Aaron, just want to thanks for having us on. And uh, also, you know, we found out pretty quick um, – who our friends were throughout the situation. So just want to thank everybody that supported us. You know who you are. Um, and everybody has kind of had our back throughout this. Yeah. <laughs> those are, yeah. The ones that did not, you know who you are too. So, um, and we, and we, th and we thank you know, them too. We, we, we just thank everybody for having our back. The amount of support that we've gotten throughout this whole thing, especially, you know, in the industry, when you've got big companies like, like you guys and some of these other companies we deal with that don't, that don't need us and don't need to, to support us or to have anything to do with the situation has been by our side and have our back throughout this whole deal. So I just can't thank them enough um, for the support. And again, you guys know who you are. So thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, the people that we've been able to meet, you know, especially recently over the, 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 the last few years, um, you know, we mentioned Josh Smith and the Montana knives. I mean, some of the greatest people that you'll ever meet down to earth, you know, salt to the earth, type of people and you know and and those are the people that have stuck by us and and are really really you know we always one of our slogans for our company is riding for the brand and you know we we uh you know we like my like my parents have always taught my brother and sister and i growing up is you are who you surround yourself with 
And, you know, we've been very, very blessed and fortunate to meet individuals, you know, like yourself, Aaron, and, and our Kafari family and, and, and many other of our industry partners, you know, Leupold and, and Sitka and, and, and Matthews and, and Sorenex and, you know, Branded Bills, the, the, the list goes on and on um, of the people that we've been able to cross paths with and, and get to know the companies and also the people involved in those companies has been very, very humbling for us. And it's been, um, you know, we're, I, I guess we should say we're just extremely, extremely grateful for, you know, like Michael said, the support and, and, uh, and, and what they do for us because without people like yourself and, and our other industry partners and, and our supporters, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. We wouldn't be sitting on this podcast right now. And it's, and it's, it's completely humbling. And, and, you know, it's the, where we've come just in the last five years is it's, it's crazy. I wake up every day and see some of the text messages from some of the people that I've been able to meet on my phone. And it's, it's crazy like what this industry and how connected and how small of a world it really is. So um, it's, it's very, very humbling for us. And uh, we got some mutual friends too, you know, I know just hunting with John Barklow in Texas and uh, you know, John's a phenomenal human being and you know, Donnie Wilson there in Montana, but you know, there's, I want to do a shout out to Reza <clears throat> Lesser who was with Leopold and she uh, left and went to Rocky Mountain Elk or Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I was the, the first person she called to tell me and it was actually funny because I thought she was calling me for what I had mentioned to you guys earlier that I'm kind of in the middle of. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of spilt the beans on that and then she said no I'm not calling for that I'm calling because I'm going to work for Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and I was like well <laughs> fuck so <laughs> damn it uh, she's awesome I love Reza to death I think uh, her and my wife got so drunk twice that uh, I'm like Reza did you take her to the cab she's like no no she just went outside I'm like she's so fucked up she could get in with a stranger get your ass out there make sure she gets in the cab yeah she's uh, gotta be careful you get Reza and she knows what that means <laughs> It's man. Yeah, she, but we love her, man. Awesome, she's man. been really good to us. And all the people, you know, Rihanna Mountain Ops, you know, everybody, man. You know, again, we Junior's right. The bottom of our heart for everybody, Everly Stock, and everybody who's just anybody who's been around. We just thank everybody, man, you know, truthfully. Rider, we appreciate you. Die. And we appreciate you, man, truthfully, yeah. giving us <laughs> an opportunity. Keep in mind, we just want this to be educational. And want people to know that we're human beings too, you know, and it does hurt. So if you like hurting people, you did hurt us haters, you know. Um, it was tough to get through, but we're big boys. We just keep we putting our head. We know where we want to be and just have the opportunity to, to, again, surround ourselves with success. You know, I know you're an ex-military guy, so am I, you know. Um, I do some, uh, you know, you're an ex-ranger, if I remember. Uh, sa- sapper. Sapper. Sapper, okay, yep. okay. Um, and um, I just joined a place in, in Prescott, Founding Fathers, and they're um, a bunch of rangers um, that developed. This point is like-minded people. Um, we're grateful and we're humbled. Thank you so much for having us. And, again, hopefully, um, you know, well, first of all, we'll see you this year yep. coming out. I don't know if it's going to be in August, December, or January. I know Dana's going to be coming out. And, yeah. um, hey, again, thank you. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you guys coming on, everybody tuning in. At the very least, if you take anything from this, uh, take the good parts, learn from uh, from what's happened, what we talked about, and uh, and definitely just remember the shoe can be on the other foot really quickly. So if you're you're throwing stones, um, uh, well, like they say, uh, you know. 
people that live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. The first thing I learned about you guys, how, how much of a stand-up crew you were. Uh, you weren't whining, you weren't crying, and I was like, that says a lot. And uh, and I'm glad you guys came on the podcast, definitely cut from the same cloth. So thank you guys again for, for coming on, and uh, look forward to shooting the shit and hunting with you guys. So Absolutely. Thanks, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks, bro.